Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. Hey guys, brand new podcast. Uh, I think you're getting the theme now. We podcast on Tuesday, vlog on Wednesday, podcast on Thursday, and then drop a vlog during the weekend somewhere. Uh, that's my that's my setup. So check, sign into my YouTube channel, uh, subscribe. If you don't know my YouTube channel, just go to burtburtburt.com. At burtburtburt.com, you can see all my tour dates, like the fact that I'm at the Ice House on February 12th. Uh, I'm at I'm doing a set. At the Comedy Store on the 16th, oh, for Ari Shafir's storytelling, I'm hosting it that night. I'm at the Hard Rock Casino in Sioux Falls, Sioux City on the 17th, Omaha the 18th. Listen, just go to birdbirdbird.com. You can find my YouTube channel, my Twitter, my Facebook, my tour dates. Everything is there. Uh, and you can go to Birdcast if you want to get a shirt or whatever. Or a mug. Or a mug. Um Thank you, everyone, for downloading the Adam Carolla podcast last week. Uh, record fucking numbers for me. And thank you once again, Adam, for taking the time to do that. Today's podcast is fucking fantastic. I met this guy in West Nyack probably six years ago. I want to say six years ago. But I keep running into him, and he had this amazing set in in Montreal uh, that was like literally everyone was talking. He's, uh, anyway, hold on. Let me not do his intro right now. My wife's here. I am here. Hey, Leanne. Hi, Bert. Um, is there anything you'd like to talk about today? Well, I just wanted to let everybody know that this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter the offer code BERTCAST at checkout and you'll get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Squarespace, build it beautiful. And thank you, Squarespace. I'm sure you'll probably walk into the middle of the podcast somewhere and say hi. Oh, of course. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, this podcast, I've already recorded. Uh, obviously, and it might be one of the best podcasts I've ever done. Uh, it is hilarious. We laugh hysterically for the first 30 minutes. Then my gardener shows up as always. Anyone who's a fan of the podcast knows that my gardener is at every big podcast I have. And he decides to walk in on the show and, and even though I had told him that you were working and not to disturb you. And he decided to walk in on the show and Lewis loved it. And it is absolute chaos unfolds so you <laughs> it's one of my favorite and this guy is such a hilarious comedian uh like i said i've known him for a while and it's great to see him blossoming just destroying in this business and and taking things to the next level uh you might know him from his podcast legion of skanks he's got a show on xm Sirius. he's got his own show uh his own solo podcast he is uh He's big on Periscope, too. If you haven't watched his sleeping videos, then you're missing out. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Luis J. Gomez. This is Hello. Yeah, yeah, move any of this shit. Dental flossers. 
Fucking shit. I'm dying to find out what your perspective of L.A. is when you come out here. I love it, dude. Do you? Oh, yeah, I do love L.A. I love, and I was just saying I love it as in I'm ready to talk. Here, let me see your levels. Hey, check. What's going on? Puerto Rican rattlesnake. Louis J. Gomez. <laughs> Real ass dude. The show. <clears throat> so, um... Yeah, because I, like... I, for, I forget that, uh... That Nate's got a place out here. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he he rents a place. He bought a place in Tennessee, and then he still rents a place in L.A. because he comes here like probably once a month. Does he just do straight road work these days? I think he's doing it all, dude. I it's- mean, television and obviously and everything like that. But is he like is his focus like m- mainly like road work? I think he wants to. I, he wants a TV show. Talk, and, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As that's close okay. as possible. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. I have no idea how sensitive these are. No, no, no. They're pretty headphones. fucking. I drop them a lot. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Or you throw. Them. This isn't as professional <laughs> as uh, as all the millions of podcasts you do over in uh, in. It's kind of funny because it really does range. Like you go to uh, like it's sometimes just a Zoom recorder with a couple yeah. mics. And then sometimes you go to a fucking huge studio at NBC Universal, and you're like, "This is the same thing yeah. as Bert's podcast." It's, it's so bizarre to me. Like, like someone said to me, I think I forget who it was. They're like, "This is my wife getting cow." There we go. Just walk right by. Um, <laughs> the uh, I did uh, I did a podcast with Corolla yesterday, and had him on my podcast, and they were like, "Yeah, come on out to the studios," and I was like, "Cool." So I go out. And in my head, I brought I brought my fucking recording equipment because that's you know I don't want to assume that we're just going to use one of his studios, right? And uh, and <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we'll just use our stuff. <laughs> like, and I was no, like, <laughs> you can put your MP3 recorder away. Yeah, <laughs> we got this. So I wish I wish I had someone who could run levels for me and stuff. But for the most part, I feel like it's the same shit. I run it through Level Later at the end of the day. I yeah. post it. And I'm a little bit of a micromanager. Like, I want you to be able to... It's one of the reasons I don't go live with this. Is that, like, say you said something off color. Or that you weren't comfortable sharing. Right. About the Jews. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I wanted you... I want you... I, like... I did it one time on Bobby <laughs> Kelly's podcast. <laughs> What'd you say? I said the N-word. <laughs> Isn't it funny though? It's so weird. I feel like podcasting in this world, you can kind of just say it. Yeah, you can kind of say it. It was. It was you can't it, write it. It was. Uh, it was. I wrote it. I wrote it in my book. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's way worse. You can say it on a podcast and be like, "Oh, I was kidding. We were joking. We're all joking." It was, it was the. Uh, uh, I said it both times. I said it in character. In oh, you said com- it twice. Yeah. Both, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Kelly's podcast. I just said it like in character, but I was talking to Bobby and I forgot I was podcasting. But did you say it like like like, like nigga? A, yeah, like a black dude saying. Okay, that's it's a, fine. It was a black guy from the kitchen of the Hartford Improv, Hartford F- Funny Bone. Okay, that said it to me, and uh, and, and it, it, it the effect would have been lost. And then I for, I re- didn't realize I said it on a podcast, and then I was like panicked you told him to delete it i literally was like him hey, and he pulled it out he was like he was like are you serious i was like i was like i don't know you never know you never fucking know now you're, you, here's the funny part you're right yeah you're a hundred percent right but if i were to delete every time i've said the n-word on every podcast i've ever done <laughs> I, I that would be that's a full-time job in itself i'd have to hire a personal <laughs> assistant to pull out all of my n-words and faggots that i've said on podcasts it's so but it's like uh and then, and then in my book, I wrote it. And once again, I wrote it as someone else saying it. Yeah. And but and it, and it loses the effect if that word is if you write, 
the N word, then that, that yeah, loses the effect. Yeah, or like uh, the asterisk. I had a buddy. Uh, he's a comic from Seattle, young comic, Spencer O'Neill. I like to plug people's names, give, yeah. give him a little shout out. Funny guy. It feels so good when someone does it. For yeah, you, it really it? does. <laughs> so uh, he tweeted. It was such a funny idea for a tweet. He was like, "If you write N uh, asterisk asterisk uh, G A, isn't that the the same thing? Like it's just it, like it." You're just – I don't want to fuck up his tweet. Here's funny. I gave him – I said his name, and then I just said a shitty tweet. <laughs> See, you guys don't follow that fucking guy. I, wanna, like, I almost want to find the tweet because I, I don't want to, like, fuck it up. But it was – I'm going to pull it up while no, I talk but, to you yeah. right now, dude. Um, but, yeah, it's um, – I don't know, dude. It's a weird thing because I think right now comics got microphones and MP3 recorders, and then we – we just kind of like it was almost like the Wild West. Like we didn't know, we didn't realize the the, the responsibility of something that's going to go on the internet forever. But at the same time, I think it's kind of good. The more people, the more Hulk Hogan and Dog the Bounty Hunter get caught saying the N word, yeah. the better it is for us because at the very least we're joking. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, there's never been. Uh, the, I, Greg Fitzsimmons one one time said to me, he goes, uh, he said, "Have you ever said the N word?" And I paused. And he goes, he goes. Listen, there's a difference between saying it and using it. Yes. And he's like, if you use it, that's a. Di- I don't want to hang out with someone who uses the N word. Right. But if you say it, there's nothing wrong with saying it. It's simply a word. I mean, Louis C.K. said it on almost every one of his specials. Yeah. And I, I mean, the one, of the, some of the funniest, the one of the. Um, this is my fucking gardener. He comes every day, a second I podcast. Yeah, but there's no other podcast that has uh, gardener ambiance in the background. Yeah. So it's Chris a differentiator. Titus. It's a positive thing, Bert. <laughs> Chris Titus is telling the most moving story about his mom <laughs> killing herself, and my gardener's just. <laughs> um, yeah, it's one, it's one of those things, but uh, they, it's uh, it's also it's like like uh, you know what. I, because I'm employed by a network, I get sensitive to it. Yeah. And I go, I'm sure you pull anything out of context and it's going to sound fucking horrible. You know, it's like the Donald Trump called Ted Cruz a pussy. Yeah. But apparently he didn't call him a pussy. And it's like the Cam Newton shit where Cam Newton stood up and walked off. And all you see is that clip of Cam Newton getting up and walking away. And you're like, what a fucking bitch. Yeah. No, no he, th- th- they're pulling out important information that apparently the fucking cornerback was right next to him going, man, throw the fucking ball. Right. Yeah. Like all those things. Like Donald Trump didn't call him a pussy. Someone said, Ted Cruz is a pussy. And Donald Trump said, I don't agree with you. I don't. And then said, what she said is Ted Cruz is a pussy. Well, that's the, you know, and we do. Like we do Legion of Skanks, which is the whole show. I mean, we did it on purpose. Very much on purpose, we titled it Legion of Skanks, the most offensive podcast on earth. It was a very deliberate move because we want people to know if you click play on this, you're going to hear some shit that's going to offend you. And and I think this is the reason why we haven't gotten in any trouble for anything we've said on it. It's because it's like, uh, it reminds me of that, you know, the the documentary they made about the the joke, The Aristocrats. It's like, you're not going to get offended by people talking about incest and racism and sexism within the context of that joke because that's the idea of the joke. So Legion of skanks in itself we i like to think of it as kind of like a safe space for us to come in and fuck around and say stupid ridiculous over the top shit we get stoned and drunk and we just let it fly yeah like the more sexist and racist it is the better it is for the show and it's kind of funny because you know there's almost like this whole pc thing where people are like oh well yeah we're you know we're moving to a more liberal society people don't want to laugh at racism and sexism fuck you dude go look at any youtube video or uh, comment look at any reddit comments there's a there's a lot of people who live in that world who find that type of shit funny and it's like we're just pretending that it doesn't exist yeah 
And, and nowadays, it's like I heard them say in today, the Republican Party's split up because now there's people that are going, you know, I'm t- it, it, what's what's bothersome to me. I, I have no problem with political correctness. I really don't. If I think political correctness brings about a better society, but political correctness used not as a fucking moral stamp of how great you are by it, but being just a better person. Yeah. Like, like I don't listen. You know, if if me saying one word hurts your feelings or like like uh, the word retard like to, for, to throw it around flippantly like that i get it if there's some someone with who's got a child with down syndrome and that fucks them up i get it i understand that but what i don't like i saw this the other day this fucking blew me away <laughs> there was a i'm i'm watching i pass out apparently watching the christian network <laughs> and i wake up and this is what uh, what it is it's a children's show and they've got a woman a couple hacky muppets and then two other, three other kids, and it's all life lessons. And she's like, they sing some. I'm not even fucking around. They sing some song about being sheep, being sheep to Jesus. Now I'm too. We all know what they meant. Yeah, <laughs> I'm too hungover to fucking change the channel, and I'm just sitting there watching. And she goes, "Would you like to meet my friend Madison?" And they're like, "Yeah." And so then they, she goes, "Madison." Madison comes in with uh, sunglasses and a stick. Madison's blind. She goes, Madison's no different than us. Now, that's a stretch. She's a blind. Let's, let's yeah. just don't fucking no different. That's You can't say that. That's political correctness run amok. Yeah. She's no different than us. As and, a that's, of- and that's really offensive to all these kids with perfectly good eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel bad for them. Yeah. Like, really? You see us like that? <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so Madison, Madison goes... They sit her down. They go. You, did you know Madison can read? And they're like, and you. <laughs> I'm like, no fucking way, dude. I'm out of here. Dude. I, the, the, literally, the kids are going on strike now. <laughs> so, by the way, you know these kids have been coached because they don't do a double take. Like, are you fucking kidding me? She's got sunglasses on. How can you fucking read? And so. I wish my car would Dude, Madison's, sen- Madison's sense of smell is out of control. <laughs> this, this smells girl. like a fucking novel about relationships. And so, so they, this gets worse. So they fucking, they go, no, she reads Braille. <laughs> and one, one of the Muppets chimes in and goes, well, isn't that neat? Madison, Madison has no frame of reference for a fucking Muppet. And she fucking jumps. She, goes, she just hears this monster rub up on her shoulder. This furry fucking thing with big plastic eyes. I'm fucking, I am hungover as fuck. Howling, laughing. Howling, laughing. Oh, oh my God. And I literally, I literally was like, I, I watched the whole fucking thing. And then Madison, I get, I'm sure they went to break because Madison was more comfortable with the Muppets. But I was like, this is what's wrong with political correctness. No one said, everyone said, she's just like, us. no one said, hey, listen, Madison, there's some animals that are floating around that you, don't, you can't really wrap your head around what that looks like. Because you've never, you don't even know what that means. It's like a dog that talks. Like, it was so fucking funny. That's really funny. But, but I, so my problem is with political correctness is. It's like my wife's friends that are politically correct. Like I'm, I'm politically correct in the sense that like 
I have love in my heart. That's all. That's of all course. you need. That's all. That's what political correctness should be. Do you have love in your heart for people? Do you do you care to hurt people callously? But you're right. You look at fucking Reddit. You look at the internet. You look at YouTube comments, and they would be the most racist statements yeah. you've ever fucking heard. Yeah. I had to disable comments on one of my jokes. So I was like. I just can't deal with this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't want to be the, the jumping off point for, for racist yeah. people just to lose their fucking minds. Well, it's, you know, it's the, you know, it used to be you go into a bathroom stall and you write, I hate niggers on the bathroom stall to be yeah. funny as like a little punk ass kid. Not me, but I'm saying yeah. the kids who would do it. Yeah. Now we've created that anonymous space to go and do that in YouTube and Reddit. And it's like that, that anonymity, it. You know, look, it's almost intoxicating. I get it. You know what I'm saying? If you if you don't get in trouble for anything you were going to say or do, you know what I'm saying? Just for the sake of just being an asshole, you might say and do some weird shit. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's it's like throwing it's like uh it's like throwing a rock during a riot. Yeah. Like you you just want to fucking be one. I, I watched these kids riot in uh in uh who just won the thing, the Super Bowl in uh, I don't watch sports. Boston. Whoever Denver. fucking what Denver in Denver. Denver, yeah. I watched these kids riot, and they I, like they were just, just. It's like what my wife used to say, trying on behaviors. Yeah, they were just fucking. They don't know who they are. You don't know yeah. who you are until you're like in your mid twenties, and yeah. then even then you don't know. Yeah, and, and 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 by the way, I hope anyone, and no one listens to this podcast is is thinking I'm politically correct at all. But I definitely mean to say that. Uh, white people are as guilty as black people for rioting. That I think it's the exact same behavior. It's yeah. just simply people seem to condemn black people when they do it, and white people are like, "Well, oh, there they go, just having a little fun." Their team won, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, I, you know, I think it's kind of funny because when black people riot, it's typically you know there's there's more of like a, a movement behind it or like yeah. a like a thing. So I, I think you know. I don't know. You end up kind of empathizing a little bit more with that. Even though I don't empathize with anybody picking up a brick and throwing it through a window, I think there's a better way to get your message across. Yeah. When you're seeing white teenagers riot because their football team won, you just kind of fucking – I don't know. I, I, have a, I, have a, I don't have respect for anybody who's rioting. Right. But I have a lot less respect for somebody who's rioting because their team won a championship. What the fuck? Yeah, I agree. What type of weird What type of weird thing is that? Yeah. But it's funny you say that because you talk about the way you carry yourself and the words you say. We say – we. You know, we try to say the most ridiculous, stupid shit ever. You know, we, we, we joke about, I mean, any literally anything, right? I, I would, I would easily make a joke about a woman being uh, in a in an abusive relationship. I have no problem. That's not yeah. off limits at all. It's not right? off limits, yeah. But if I saw a dude hitting his woman on the street. I'd be the first guy to step in and stop that from happening. That's so funny. You know what I'm saying? That's so, it's so like, funny. Why I would not. The, you, you just admit, you'd write a joke about it. I literally. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I saw two homeless people in the park. Oh, homeless people aren't really people. I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about people with jobs. You know that are contributing to society at a subway. I know what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's the whole rape culture thing got me so irate because it was like. It was purporting that that a joke about rape instigated rape. Yeah, that's a fucking impossible. Yeah, I mean, the, I know some of the people with the most twisted sense of humors that that love rape jokes that would never. I always my statement was people who make rape jokes are the last people to rape. 
Yeah. Because it's like, the you know. And if you're raping, you're not joking about it. <laughs> you're trying to hide that fact. You're not going out. Here's the thing, like, the, the idea of a rape culture. I mean, look, I guess it it exists, right? I guess it does. Here's the thing. I, I, I talked about this recently. We used to stand out in front of the comedy cellar, right? And we used to um, we used to almost create, like, a gauntlet. Like, there'd be, like, four, four guys on each side. Just yeah. comedians. Just to be idiots. And we'd create, basically, a gauntlet down the sidewalk. So when girls would come through the gauntlet, we would just start... Basically, cat calling them, which is like, yeah, girl, mm, mm. Yeah. and it's like ten dudes at the same time, yeah. <laughs> and it's obnoxious and it's fucking, it's yeah. stupid. It was harmless though. It was it was harmless, and we we were just being stupid, and it was one of the funniest things ever. And we would laugh, and it was really funny for like two weeks. We just did this, this yeah. was like the gag for two weeks, and I think back at it now, right? And I go, ah, eh, that wasn't cool. Yeah. What, what if a what if a girl that walked through that gauntlet had been sexually assaulted by a gang of guys a week before? Yeah. You know, talk about triggers. I mean, this chick, I mean, it probably sent her off into a fucking, it's like, it's me and Big J, <laughs> fucking, just <laughs> ugly fucking losers. Jay's got those fingerless rape gloves on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we look like we're a gang of rapists. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like, no, yeah, when I when they talk about a rape culture, I guess that's what they're talking about. We felt like it was okay, and now there's a movement that, you know, I've changed my opinion on that thing specifically as I've gotten older. I don't know if it's me maturing. I don't know if it's society kind of pushing that, you know, that there is a rape culture and we should be aware of it. But I think it's good that I'm no longer doing that. Yeah. You know what and I'm that, saying? And that, and, and I, I fucking, I used to follow this uh, woman, Lindy West. It was a girl that yeah, Norton she, debated. Yeah, Norton and her. Did I, the, uh, I used to follow her just because I was like, you know, it's fun to get opposing views every single day. It's it's nice to get your brain thinking as a comic, I believe. Yeah. Just hear just hear the other side of the fence every single day. And I'm not saying that I'm politically totally on the opposite side of the fence of Lindy West, but for the most part, things that send her through the roof, I wouldn't even notice. Yeah, I w- they wouldn't even show up on my radar. But I had to stop following her because there's man, I feel bad for her. Like she just there's so much negativity in her life. Yeah, like it's all she does all day long is fight with people, and I, I so badly wanted to like reach out and go like. Hey, this can't be good for you. Like, you know, just to fight with people all day long, dude. So it's like I, I, I do this. I, the reason I don't go on Reddit anymore is specifically almost for the same thing because there's so much fucking, there's so many negative things that you hold on to the negativity. You know what I'm saying? You really right. do. You yeah. like, you like. I can have a hundred positive comments and then one negative thing will fucking just get in my head and it'll eat at me. And then I'm going, I'm changing my behaviors on radio shows and podcasts and in stand up for some cunt that hates me. Yeah. I'm changing the way that I, my instinct for funny and my instinct to create a funny show is substantially better than some fucking booger in his basement. Yeah. Some 19-year-old kid who's never created anything. Why am I letting that get into my head and change who I am at my core, my instincts, my, my, my comedic instincts? That's crazy. We ask for this. You know what I'm saying? We, we're, we're putting ourselves out there, and you know, we, we love to – I, I say we – I include Lindy West. I include anybody who's, who has a public personality, and, and it's their job to kind of put their opinions out there. Yeah. This isn't cancer research. We don't have to do it. There's no greater fucking good here. Lindy West can pretend that she's doing it for this greater cause. She's doing it for the same reason that we are, for fucking attention. Yeah. This is it. We all want attention. It's, it's the, this is what we're looking for. And she's getting a lot of positive attention, and she's getting a lot of negative attention. But I can't feel bad for a person who they make, their, they make it their identity to seek out attention. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it, what's interesting you said is that you will allow – 
that you had to stop it because you were allowing some booger in a basement to change your opinion, make you second guess your gut instinct. What I find is happening on the other side of the f- fence is that it's it's not allowing, and I'll use Lindy West as an example, but the 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 negativity she gets only firmens uh, strengthens her stance. So no one's really like. Whereas as a comic, you're right. I get negative feedback, and I'm like, wait, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Like why why am I? What's wrong with me? Maybe I got to second guess myself. When I was like, it's just a joke. I was just trying to make people laugh. Yeah. And, and by the way, that it. one piece of negative feedback. You have 500 people that are going, I fucking love that. Yeah, but that one thing you go, yeah. you go, motherfucker, like, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. And then you second guess yourself, whereas, and I'll just use Lindy West, but like, she gets negative feedback and almost she shuts her ears more and says, I don't want to hear, you guys are all horrible. How dare you ever question me where you go, I don't, I mean, maybe like, like maybe there's, it's like, uh, uh, there's someone I saw the other day online. I'm not going to say their name because I don't want to, I don't want them to have to deal with negativity, but like they were getting negative things and any comment that they was not their opinion, yeah. they automatically blocked the person and fucking told, told everyone to go hate that person. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I think you're missing the point of the dialogue. Like the dialogue should be, should be ba- back and forth. And that's how you learn. I've, not that not that comics are more noble than anyone else, but I feel like as of com- as comics, you do you definitely learn and listen. Well, that's the thing we're we're shaping our philosophy in real time, right? Like you, if you watch my career, and it's especially now where we have Periscope and podcasts and all this other shit, you've been watching. If you've been watching my career for the past six years, you've watched me grow as a comedian for the past six years. You've watched me change my opinion on things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you have an agenda and your whole thing is, dude, I got to fucking be on the right or I got to be on the left or I'm a libertarian or I'm Christian or I'm gay or, or whatever it is. And your agenda is to push oh, that. Oh, fuck. Yeah. You're not, you know, you're not shaping philosophy. You're just constantly pushing your fucking agenda. I don't have an agenda. My agenda is to be a fucking, just to be funny and to make a living off of my it, words. It rests in the cloud. Yeah. Your agenda rests in the cloud and the cloud goes on either side of that fence. Yep. Depending where funny is. That's it, and because our our agenda, we don't have an agenda. That's the fucking genius. That uh, what you just said is fucking mind blowing. I do not have an agenda. I w- I just want people to laugh. My only job at the end of the day is to get laughs. That's it. Nope. There's I, no bigger political picture. I don't side with any specific type of belief. I don't subscribe to a certain belief system that I'm going to go and push on people. And this is why people, and you know, not to shit on him, but Jamie Kilstein, a lot of people throw him under the bus because he stopped being a comic and he's sort of just pushing the agenda. And then the funny ended up being like the fifth, sixth, seventh, uh, you know, um, most important thing to him. You know, it became all these other little things. And it's like comics just don't really respect that just in general. You yeah. Know, so that's I, why every comic stopped like associating themselves with him yeah that's, um, that's interesting what happened to him yeah he, i used to be my friend the first time this is so funny dude the first time i hung out with big j ever in life outside of comedy is I, right when i started comedy it was me big j kurt metzger pete holmes uh, uh and jamie kilstein wow what, an what interesting a fucking group. weird group of people right and we went to see phantom menace or one of the star wars that came out at that time yeah such as a fucking great kurt metzger so you know kurt right yeah of course the, the, kurt in my opinion is is the best comic that's been doing it under 20 years on the planet i think he's I fucking phenomenal like just just a genius but he's a like a psycho like a real deal like lunatic he is um and we do we got to have it like 2 30 in the morning three o'clock in the morning because we saw a midnight showing it came out that night 
And I remember it took us forever to get a cab. We had just gotten Slurpees from 7-Eleven. So it's goofy-ass Kurt Metzger and fucking goofy me. Just this is 10 years ago now at this point. Um, and we, we we go to get in this cab, and he wouldn't. They, he didn't want to give us a ride, but we kind of just bullied him into giving us a ride yeah. from Queens to Brooklyn. So um, we're driving, and the guy won't answer anything. It's really eerie. The cab driver, he's just driving silently. So we're like, uh, "Yeah, buddy, you got to turn up here," and he misses the turn and just keeps on going. And we're like trying to be tough guys, but at this point, we're legitimately scared, yeah. both of us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, we're like, yeah, buddy, you know, uh, you, know you, really, you should have made that turn. Make this next turn. He misses <laughs> the next turn on purpose. And he's just driving, dude. He didn't want us to get in the cab at all. So finally, you know, we're screaming. We tell him to pull over the cab, right? He pulls over the cab. Kurt's taking down the number. This is before, like, even everyone had, like, cell phones yeah. and shit to, um, you know, he's, like, writing down the number of the cab. He's like, yeah, buddy, you're going to lose your job. I'll show you. And the cab driver's got his window open maybe four or five inches, you know? Yeah. So Kurt, he's like, uh, dude, you're fucking... <laughs> I told you, man. What did I tell you? My fucking gardener. I'm going to love a pod. Give me one second. Your gardener has no idea what a podcast None. is. And it, it's, he literally just interrupted uh, the, one of the best stories that I'm waiting for the fucking end. Oh, fuck, dude. That was great. The gardener just poked his head in and like put his face against the window He's and like, smiled and pointed at a piece of antique furniture. Oh, fuck. <laughs> So anyway, all right. So um, yeah. So we get out of the cab. The cab driver, Kurt's talking shit to the cab driver like through the window, and he's got it open like five inches. And Kurt's got the Slurpee in his hand. And I almost saw the moment where Kurt got the idea to throw the Slurpee at the cab driver. Yeah. So he takes a Slurpee and he pegs it at the cab driver, but he misses the opening on the window. It hits the window. You like it? It was a perfect bounce. It went doing, flew back at Kurt. Smashed directly into his chest, a pink Slurpee down his white T-shirt. Just I'm talking about <laughs> down his whole chest, belly button, down to his dick, Slurpee. And the cab driver just laughed in his fla- face and sped off oh. while Kurt screamed in the street. It was maybe the best moment of my life. Oh, that's fucking great. To this day, and I watched my kid be born. Kurt, uh, Kurt Metzger is one of my favorite people, and I, I people know I've told the, I've told a number of stories about him, but he. He has one of the. He has one joke that I can say out loud to people, and it still makes me giggle. Yeah, we were in, we were in Montreal. We were doing Pete Holmes's podcast, and uh, at the time it was about Trayvon Martin, and Kurt was just you know I love the one of the things I love about the one of the things I love about the business we're in is we have friends with totally different perspectives on everything. Yeah, and Kurt is contrarian to the base of him. He whatever, and there was a picture of Martin Luther King in a hoodie. And and it was just hilarious in itself. And it said, "Would you shoot this man in a hoodie?" Kurt goes, "Kurt goes, they shot him in a suit." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh, but wait, so. That's an eclectic group of comics. Yeah. I mean, Pete, these days, I'm, I'm doing a podcast with Pete, I think, on Saturday. Pete is, first of all, he's he's working a ton, but he's he's also taking his podcast to a, almost a semi-spiritual level these days. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I haven't listened to it. I, I knew Pete. Like, when I met Pete, Pete was like the young, young buck out of everybody. Really? You know, I, before I started, when I started doing comedy, I was producing shows and running shows out of a couple comedy clubs. It was, yeah. I, I didn't even... I, 
I, I, you always wanted to do it, but I just was around it, and I was, I was running street teams in New York City. You know, now when you walk down the street in New York, and they go, "Hey, you want to go to a comedy show?" Yeah, I was one of the guys who ran the biggest company, like two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three. I ran a street team of like fifty guys that did that. I made, I used to make a ton of money really? just selling comedy club tickets on the street. That's how I really? met Dave Smith. That's how I met Big. That's how I met all these guys because that's how I got introduced to the comedy world. So I hadn't even started doing comedy yet when I met Pete. Pete was like the young buck who was. I mean, he was, I remember he did a. He used to do a joke about. He looked like multiple uh, celebrities, so it was like John Ritter. He, he and throughout the whole set, he would just keep on throwing them out there. Yeah, like to put. He had like five or six of them. It was funny. It would just build and build and build. You know, it's like. Um, South Park proved that. It's like you just keep on hitting the joke and then it yeah. stops being funny after like the fourth or fifth one and then it became funny again the sixth yeah. time. So, um, but yeah, Pete was that dude and then he just fucking blew up he's, and yeah. he's huge now. I listen to his, uh, his podcast is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Uh, but yeah, he, he was, I, I, I you know, it's like the, some of those guys, they do these, uh, self-help seminars and then they kind of, you know, spit back the things that they've accrued at them on their podcast and yeah. you just hear it and you're like maybe i could like this i've never believed in that shit but would it fucking help me like yeah maybe i should fucking go to one of these seminars i don't know i believe in all that shit though dude all, i mean look it's all you know i you know the, i've read all those books i used to be in sales but you know I, I ran street teams but i went yeah. into sales after that and i was pretty successful in sales and that's all you know, just the power of the mind and, and setting goals. And like, uh, I legitimately believe um, in all that. And I believe that can all help you. Even in the very, uh, on the most very basic level, if you have a confidence in yourself, if you feel as if you're enlightened, you're going to, you're going to carry yourself in a certain way, in a much different way, in a more successful way. You project an energy. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like when you get a new haircut and you're like, dude, I fucking look good. Yeah. You know, you go out and you're just carrying yourself in a certain way. You maybe lose 20 pounds or you're in shape. That energy that you project, people feel it. You project it on other people. They go, oh, this guy's confident. He's got something going on. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that there's certain people, even in the industry, after a few years, they get pushed through and people get jealous and they go, oh, why is this guy getting these opportunities? Because that motherfucker carries himself in a certain way. When he's in a meeting with executives or a team of writers people go ah oh, fuck dude this guy he has something you know yeah i wonder if that I, it's so funny i've been wondering about my energy lately because i always feel like a child i always feel like i'm <laughs> younger than everybody even though right. i might be older than people i still feel like i'm younger yeah and so i and like you drop off at school like take my kid to school i feel like all the parents are like 10 years older than me i'm older than half of them yeah and so i i just i wonder about oh here comes my wife now is this like a f leanne I don't know, Leanne. I don't know. Hi. What do you need? What do you need? Okay. I want that type of fear in my son's mother when she does something wrong. I'm like, dude, if I would, she would be like, fuck you, fuck your podcast. I got to walk through the yard. She uh, she is obsessed with my podcast right now. Oh yeah, I introduced her to podcasting. Yeah, like and I I've been, I've been telling her I've been doing a podcast for like probably three years, two years, three years, and I finally said you should check out uh, what's the big one on uh, on uh, uh, NPR uh, serial serial. I said you should check out serial season she two got, blows. She got 
I'm she's obsessed with it. Season one was awesome. Season one was great. Season one was fucking phenomenal. I I attribute the success to making a murderer to how successful Serial was. That oh, like yeah, just that's... week after week, like just breaking it down, like and really deconstructing the story. You know, because those types of you know crime reenactment shows that shit's been around forever. But <clears throat> the way they did that, it was very similar. I, I noticed. Yeah. I think the people, re- the reason people got into making a murderer was the same reason that people got into serial. Yeah, it just it, it was it's great. I thought it was really great. So funny. I lost interest at the exact same time in both. <laughs> like halfway through, I was like, I just got to Google it. Like, like yeah, what technologies. Technology is – it's not 1970. I don't have to wait till th- Tuesday to watch it. Yeah. I'm just going to Google it. Although I, I got to be honest with you, Netflix really blows my mind. Like what they're doing right now is really kind of like just altogether mind-blowing because it is the same reason I love podcasting. I want it now. Yeah. Like I like to be on a plane and go, what are my options? As opposed to just turning on the radio and being like, oh, I'll listen to this. Like just going, what are my options? And just going through and fucking downloading like seven – well, that's how people have um, – it's almost like Netflix is changing the way people put out content in general. I noticed that I have friends putting out web series now, and they don't put out episodes weekly. They put out 10 episodes at once. We just click through on YouTube, and it's like yeah. – it's good and it's bad. As a content creator, you go, fuck, dude. God damn it. Yeah. I just got to – you have to – you need – it's almost like you're going to need a team of people in order to create content that competes, I, you know? I'm, I talked to Corolla about this, but like the, I'm obsessed with – I do a vlog. I put it up bi-weekly like but and it doesn't matter how often i put them up it it does if you do every day it's fantastic but for the most part someone finds one and then binge watches all of them yep and that's the way content's coming out what the thing that i i'm kind of interested in i met with this guy uh one of the managers of the comedy club jason dixon who's an old comic he was telling me he was like you know what you got to be careful of he goes this is an old lesson but like once you find the path once you recognize the path then there's already a new path being created. Yep. And he's like, he's like, so you know, all these Netflix specials. Clearly, every comic, I'm not. I, I'll just use comic B that is was a celebrity in 1995 that is now wants to do an hour and notices Netflix and says to his manager, "Get me on Netflix." And they still got a name. And Netflix was like, "Fuck yeah, we'll pay him a lot of money." What's name recognition? Once that path has been found, it's time to find a new fucking path. Yep. And yep. so, like, I'm wondering. Like, uh, you know, I, you look at Louis, I mean, Louis did a special independently. I think that's going to, here's the thing, man. Once you have your own name, you know, I, I look at like Bobby Kelly is a great example and Ari Shafir are great examples. Those are two guys that the industry didn't want to fucking give anything to. And they just said legit true. Fuck that. I'm going to build a fan base. I'm going to get funny as fuck, like undeniably funny as fuck. You watch either of those guys for an hour. You're like, holy shit, dude. Those guys are great comics that fucking murder. But if you look at it. Until they had like a hundred thousand Twitter followers, nobody wanted to fuck with them at all. And I think that that, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do because the industry doesn't fuck with me. Nobody gives me any opportunities. Uh, if you, anybody who's a fan of mine, I organically dug those motherfuckers up. They heard me on a podcast. They they saw me on something, some live show. That's it. Yeah. Um. But it's like, I think that independently doing things, um, as it as the technology becomes cheaper. I think that that's the future. If you have a fan base, you know, why – Doug Sanhope's a great example. He'll come into a oh certain town and he'll just do his live shows. He's like, why would I go to the comedy club? I'll just go to the – whatever local bar is or local small theater. I'll rent it out myself and I'll just make all the money myself. Yeah. I think comics just inherently are lazy. So people are looking for – I'm inherently lazy. Yeah, but now it's becoming easy. Look how easy a podcast is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but even still, like, I should do more, but I'm lazy. Like yeah. I like I, I've always looked at the clubs as this way. I I 
Tom Segura and I go back and forth on this. I believe that they are allowing you to increase your fan base. And he's like, no. He's like, I, fi- I f- oh, fucking Jesus. I f- he goes, I feel like you're, you find your, your fan base finds you. Like, like he believes, go do small theaters, go do small, cl- small rock clubs and get your podcast, do other people's podcasts, exp- expand your fan base that way. I'm always like, go to the clubs, sell out early Friday, late Saturday, and let them paper Sunday and Thursday and accrue new fans that way. Yeah. I don't know if it works. I think you're both right. There's, they're not mutually exclusive. You're both right. Yeah. You know, I don't think I don't think those are competing ideas. You know, I think the you know, if you're funny and you're interesting and you're engaging and you obviously you are, you know, there's a there's a predetermined ratio. This is the sales uh, the sales background that I have. It's all ratios, right? Yeah. So one out of it's already it's already predetermined in the world. If somebody was exposed to your let's just say the podcast, right? If you played this podcast for everybody in the world. Everybody, okay? Yeah. One out of however many people will become a fan of yours. It's a predetermined ratio. So it's just about keep on exposing yourself. Keep on getting yourself out there. Put yourself in front of people. And you can fuck with that ratio. Like, obviously, you know, this podcast, very few people are going to continue to listen to it in Africa because they don't have the means to. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, you know, if you're, I, I don't go play Christian you know, I don't go play churches yeah. because that they're not going to be into my shit, you yeah. know? But I, I think that that's kind of the way that I look at everything. It's like every person that sees me or hears me on something, they're just a part of a ratio. It's just all math. You how know? Many, if you had to put a ballpark on, on a rough estimate of how many fans you have, legit, like, fans, like you, you write a book, they are pre-ordering it. How many do you think you have? I mean, not more than a couple thousand, like, fan fans. Like, fan mine. Fans. Like, look, Legion of Skanks is a huge fan base collectively. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's almost like a band. You Smart. know what I'm saying? It's like Skid Row. Like, Skid Row has a much larger fan base than Sebastian Bach or Dave Sabo. Or the fact that I know the band members of Skid Row means that I uh, yeah, You're they, one of those fans. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> oh, can you edit that? <laughs> Ooh, Bert, I just said faggot on the podcast. Is that thing is you edited it now, they think you said the N-word. <laughs> Can you edit that? I just call myself a nigger. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm Puerto Rican. I can say all of these things. People forget that I'm Puerto Rican sometimes. Um I, I fucking lost track of what I was saying. About uh it's it's oh, the fans. Yeah, yeah. It, but it, it's one of the things that was the death squad. One of the one of the beautiful things that was you know when the death squad thing started was that we were all a group of guys that everyone kind of got into other people because of each other. Yeah, you know, like uh, like and I, I wasn't even I wasn't like the I think the death squad originators were like Tate Fletcher, uh, fucking Joe Redband, Joey Ari. Yeah, and then Callan and 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 Duncan and it kind of started growing and then anyone who did Joe's podcast. Within that first year, the Death Squad name got attached to, and then you'd go and do these Death Squad shows and these Ice House Chronicles, and it was the same group of just it was just guys that fucking all hung out. Yeah, but it was you shared a fan base, and you'd go to shows, and people would be like, like, like you could say Joey's, I could say Joey's name in a joke, and people would lose their fucking minds. Yeah, I'd say I, I had a joke about Ari. And I didn't want to say his name, and then one night I said his name, and it fucking destroyed. And I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like yeah. it's, but it's really smart to have that almost like it's like a, it's like a, com- a commune. 
Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, Bobby Kelly taught me that better than anybody else. You know, he, you know, that's, that's a guy. If I got to give credit to one fucking dude who, I mean, that motherfucker kept me in comedy because I was really, I, it was like a, a really dark period. I was about to move to LA for no reason. Really? And he just, dude, he fucking, he convinced me. He was like, he was like, dude, you're fucking funny. He's like, you just gotta, you, you're just not ready. You're not popping yet. That's it. And he, you know, he, I, I owe that guy my fucking life. How did you meet Bobby? Just clubs? Uh, yeah, I met Bobby. Yeah, dude, just at the comedy clubs, like randomly, I booked him a few times before I did comedy. You know, he was, you know, at that time kind of coming up. Um, and then I ended up living really, <clears throat> really close. I lived like a block and a half from him. Oh. So when he started podcasting, I was also just starting to podcast. So um, we ended up doing a few MMA podcasts together because he's. Oh, what was UFC that podcast? Fan. The Hammerfist. Hammerfist, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I did that on his, when he started his network. I was the first, I was one of the first podcasts that they brought on to Riotcast. Um, so that's how I kind of I met Bobby. But, you know, he's just the dude who, like, you know, he's just such a generous guy. He brings all these young comics onto his show. Dude, Bobby could just bring fucking Norton and, you know, you know Keith and Colin, Colin, and you know all the 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 guys that are at the cellar. He could have just made that the podcast, yeah. you know. But he, you know, I guess he saw what Dane did for him and kind of like bringing him out and exposing him to his audience. And I think that he kind of wanted to pay it forward. So that's what he does. He brings on young bucks, and Bobby's Bobby's funny enough that he can control the room and just create. Yeah. He's like he's an orchestrator. I don't think people give enough credit to Bobby Kelly for how good of a host he is because he can bring in seven people that don't know each other that are all young comics that are a little nervous to be there yeah. and pull out a two and a half hour, three hour hilarious show. And I think it's oh, a very specific talent. I co I hosted his podcast. Yeah, that's time. right. Yeah. yeah. And I was, and uh, like, I, I, as I got in there, I was like, Oh, I don't, I'm not prepared for this. Yeah. Like I literally was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, I thought I, what, like, what am I about to do? Do I talk about myself? Do I talk to, Oh fuck. It's time to get to know some people, Bert. But yeah, yeah that, um, Bobby's, uh, you know, Bobby's like, I, the, I always like the secrets that comics have like like one of my secrets is that i've called bobby maybe a dozen times and just asked career advice like I mean, no one would ever assume that that bobby that number one bobby's the kind of guy that fucking stops whatever the fuck he's doing yeah shuts down and goes all right buddy like one time i remember saying i really wanted to do opie and anthony and i and i was very young and i called bobby and i was like and i just i, I and you know and i just spewed i kind of like verbally vomited all my feelings about how much I like the show, how I wanted to do it, and how I and Bobby's just like, you know and was very real. He wasn't keeping candy coat things. He was just like, listen man, they'd love you. You know they'd love you. But it's you know, they they look who they had on. They had Kevin Pollock on. Like, yeah. You know, and like don't worry about it. It's gonna be fine. This has nothing to do with your career. Keep working, man. So funny that it's, that thing you're talking about, that yeah. impatience, yeah, is such a fucking. Dude, that's the, that's the motherfucker. That's a comedy killer. That's what kills young comics. That was why I wanted to quit comedy. Why I was gonna move to L.A. It's just like that waiting. Like, come on, dude. I know. I I, I want to do that. I want to be on late night. I want to be on TV. I want a half an hour. I know I'm ready. I know I'm ready. And you might just very well be ready. But for a multitude of reasons, you're just not given the opportunity. And that feeling of just like just watching everybody else get those opportunities, that's I think that's what kills more comedians than anything else. A hundred percent. Just watching people just leapfrog you. And then you start having dialogues in your head about why things didn't happen for you. Like I remember I wanted to do a half hour special so bad on Comedy Central. And Steve Byrne got one. And Steve Byrne and I kind of started roughly around the same time. I had nothing against Steve Byrne, but man, I started having conversations in my head with what Comedy Central thought about me. Oh yeah, and I would, and and I would, 
I mean, I, like, I, I forget who the president was at the time. Uh, Lauren. So, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's crazy is I put I invested so much energy in someone I can't even remember her name who doesn't work in the network. Yeah. No one works at that network anymore that was there. Only person is fucking I don't think anyone does. And so you look at you look at that and you just be like they hate me, they fucking don't like me. How, how? And then you're projecting that onto everyone else. That feeling, dude. It's, yeah. you, you don't got to say it. People fucking read into that feeling. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then, God forbid, the one time I run into them, I got, oh, here we go. This is how this is gonna go. Yeah, they're gonna fucking. They don't even know who the fuck I am. They don't care, literally, dude. Literally, literally, they don't even know I'm a comic. <laughs> They've never heard my name. Oh, here we go. This bitch again. Yeah. And I literally, I, it's so funny. I look back at that and I go, I wasted a lot of time in my career doing that. Yeah. I wasted a lot of time. Barry Katz, I make fun of him all the time for the fucking shit he says. Because half the time it's loaded and whatever is going on in his life and he doesn't mean it to be advice to you. or he. But like he said one thing one time, I had a bad showcase. I, I, I got very lucky. I worked the door at the Boston Comedy Club. Got my first deal six months into doing stand-up. Got a second deal the very next year. And then did a sitcom. Okay, so you're the guy that everyone's bitching about. No <laughs> fucking clue. Fuck you. You're bitching about Steve Byrne getting a half an hour special. But, but I thought I was on that track. Like, I yeah. was like, hold on. Like, I'm the fucking chosen one. Yeah. Like, it really did fuck my head up. All that success early probably kept me in the business. As I'm not going to lie. I don't, I'm not saying I would have gotten out of it. But I, I probably, I don't know how, I, I don't, I, li- I said to Ari one time, I really respect the fact that he fucking worked for everything he's got. Yeah. I'm not saying I haven't worked for anything, but I was blessed to be able to you get got, money. You got right cut, dude, sometimes you just find a $20 bill on the street. And yeah. I can't, I'm not going to blame the guy that bends down and picks it up. It's just life. Yeah. And so, um, but I don't know where, oh, but Barry Katz said, I remember I had a bad showcase. My third showcase, I had a bad showcase. And uh, and I was like, and I told him, I said, we need to, I need, I need to get up in front of those people again. I didn't do so well. And he was like, what? And I was like, Barry, they're going to fucking, everyone's going to be talking about me. And like, and Barry was like, he said some really prophetic statement that I think about all the time. He's like, Papa, I think you're highly overestimating how often people think about you. <laughs> That's <laughs> great I, advice. And, and literally, and I was like, really? He goes, I haven't thought about your set once today. Yeah. And I'm your manager. <laughs> He's, and I was like, oh, yeah, good call. And then literally, I went from this panic place to going, yeah, yeah. what the fuck am I worried about? Like, oh, that, that didn't. Well, think about this. I mean, how many times have you watched somebody eat their dick off on a show? I can't remember. I don't remember the last person I watched bomb. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. It, none of that shit matters at all. You know what I'm yep. saying? I remember people, you know, people had bad sets at Montreal during New Faces. I don't remember who they were. I don't remember at all. All right. We're going to come on in, Gabriel. Get him yeah, on the show. On. Yeah. Get him on the show. Here, you got to talk into a microphone. What's though. up, come Gabriel? On. Come on. Okay. Hello? Yeah. Here. So what is. Chris Token. You are. Oh, okay. What? How are you, Gabriel? Oh, fine. You? I'm pretty good. I don't speak Spanish. I would, I would, I would, oh, no Spanish? I would love to, I, I know I'm Puerto Rican Italian. Oh, Italian? No. But yeah. No. I have no culture. Oh, pardon me, Italian. Oh, he speaks fucking Italian too. How is your gardener 40 times more educated than either one of us? <laughs> no, my grand grandfather was Italian. My oh. Mother, my grandma is Indian. She passed away when she was a. You're not even Mexican. You're Indian and Italian. Yeah. My mom, uh, my grandma passed away when she was 107. Hey, Gabriel, talking to the mic. Yeah, yeah, she's in, uh, yeah, she's in, uh, she's, my father, my mom passed away, and they uh, live in San Fernando Valley. Oh, okay. They live over there. You know, cemetery, uh, Rinaldi and uh, Sepulveda yeah. is where they live. 
So I go visit them I'm every, s- I, I'm s- every week. Oh, that's cool. Bring flowers. My, my mom lives... Burritos, tacos, my- taras, enchiladas, <laughs> tortas, carne asada. My mom lives in a cemetery in Rockland County somewhere. I haven't visited it since. <laughs> Rockland County, New York. Oh, New York. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my father, too. It's really a shame. My parents are, this is, yeah, both my parents are dead. And what a difference. Like, he, he fucking goes every week to visit his. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I. His life is too short. You know, you live like, yes, only like, uh, right now is. Uh, this is why I'm saying you shouldn't. 16, 70. I'm uh, maybe three, four, five more years and. And then you're going to die? Yeah, maybe. You're the most depressing person yeah. I've ever met in my entire life, but you have a perfect yeah. attitude yeah, about it. You, you don't live a hundred like my grandma. You know, if you want a chicken or you want uh, eggs or you want something, you got to go and look for them in the montañas, in the, you know. In, in the mountains. Right now, in mountains, yeah. And now it's on, uh, you go, you want to uh, eat chicken, you just go Kentucky, easy. You just go to Kentucky. It's why you live so not too many years, yeah. yeah. Only 60, 70, 80. My grandma, she, you want, they want a chicken in those days. She going to run and get the chicken. And- That's how she lived so long. Yeah. It's like uh, Rocky Balboa. That's how he used to train yeah. for the fights. How, he used to how, chase a chicken. Yeah. How old were your father passed away? My father, he was like 27. Yeah, my father was murdered when, oh. I, was, when I was four. He was stabbed to death. Yeah. No, 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 uh, Chapo Mafias or no, no, no. You know Chapo? <laughs> it's not Chapo's Mafia. I'm not Mexican. I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> I'm looking uh, for job with him. <laughs> You're looking yeah, for a job with Chapo. He's hiding people. Dude, yeah, he's, hiding he's people. fucking hilarious. Yeah, like... Uh, You've never had him on your podcast before? Yeah, look and, uh, please sit down, please. You want, uh, you want, you want a job? He, he's hiding people. He's in jail, but he's hiding a lot of people now. You know what I love about him? He's wanted to talk on this podcast yeah. for a year. He sees it happen every week, and he waited for his opportunity for you to invite he him in, and finally lot, you did. A lot of money, billions. Chapo? Yeah, Chapo. 53 me, countries, he district. Let's say Chapo offered you a job, oh. $1 million a year. You got to kill Bert. Oh, no, no, no. You wouldn't kill Bert? No, he don't kill, uh, uh, you know. He, White people. <laughs> he just only kill. Uh, okay. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, but it's a big business that uh, that men make a lot of millions because he, uh, when he uh, was little kid, he started selling drugs and planting the marijuana in Mexico yeah. since he was 12. Yeah. No money, no dinero. Now he's a lot of money. So is Chapo like, a, is he a positive figure in the Mexican community? You think he's a good guy? Oh, he's uh, like, uh, you know Al Capone? Al Capone. Al Capone, Al Capone. Yeah. yeah. He's more famous. Right now they're selling a lot of t-shirts, shoes. Oh, so like uh, the, the like the rappers and shit are gonna like yeah. They talk about Chapo yeah, like he's the new Al Capone. One shirt, yeah. teacher or shirt, two hundred dollars. What? Two hundred dollars. No, I heard you, but I can't believe it. Yeah, you cannot believe it. But Chapo should start his own podcast. Yeah, yeah one hat like this with Chapo, hundred dollars. Yeah, in Mexico they get making a lot of money, millions of dollars. And wow. now you you wanna do his movie? He's doing a movie. Yeah, you know the Kate El Castillo. A Mexican uh, no. girl, she's going to make the movie for the Chapo. It's the Chapo, like the life story? Yeah. Bert, you should audition to play Chapo. Yeah. yeah. Chapo's Mexican, though, right? Yeah. I think so. You could be Mexican, though. Yeah, I can play Mexican. Yeah, easily. Can you, do, can, you do, can you speak Spanish? Oh, Fuck See? you. You can. Oh. I can't speak Spanish at all. Why you don't speak Spanish? Porque, uh... This is how... I'm, what I'm not, <laughs> you guys have never spoken even before. No. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> you speak Spanish and he doesn't even know it. No, yeah. yeah. But, he, but he speaks his Spanish is better. Yeah. No. So wait, what did you what did you bring? What did you bring? Oh, I bring this here. Let me see it. Keep talking. Now I'm uh, I'm buying a lot of stuff from the people, you know, the famous guys. Yeah, I go to the Goodwills and all those uh, yeah, yeah. areas. You find a lot of records, and uh, maybe I lucky, and I find some maybe a, a quarter or something from nineteen. Uh, it's a quarter, nineteen thirty four, nineteen thirty four. Yeah, cost maybe like the three thousand dollars, four thousand dollars. Look now, the birds outside. Tell me, how is it working? Do you like working for him? Yeah, he's a good guy to work for. Oh yeah, he's too good. Does it bother you that he never tried to speak Spanish to you before no, today? No, because that would offend me if I were you. Because you're what is that? What is that? maybe. Oh, that is for your uh, cigarros, cigarettes. I don't smoke cigarettes. No? I smoke cigars. Yeah, cigars? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same, right? That's a great cigar, reaction. Cigar, yeah, oh, okay. Cigars? Yeah, but I go to Goodwill. I buy this uh, from Goodwill. I don't try to make business with you because you're my friend, good yeah. friend. So only pay $60, but if you don't want it, I can put in the... 60 bucks? Yeah, yeah, 60 I pay 60 I don't want to make one penny because, you know, he's a good guy. He's a Bird, I know he's a good guy. He's a good guy. I'll buy it. And I, now I want By the way, that's a, a great sales strategy. Ma- Do it on his podcast where he has to look like a cheap fuck because, if he says uh, no. Now I want to buy uh, my uh, daughter, my granddaughter, a uh, box spring for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, good. I have a little granddaughter. She's uh, eight months. Oh, really? Congratulations, yeah, man. Thank you very much. What's her name? Gabriel. Gabriel. Wait, no, you're, my you're, granddaughter. Yeah, you're Gabriel. Yeah, my granddaughter is uh, Luna Aurora. Luna, very beautiful. Luna Aurora. Very beautiful. Yeah, so, yeah. What kind of work you do? I'm a comedian too. Yeah, me and Bert. Uh, oh, commu- comedian. Yeah, oh, yeah. Comedian. Oh, you look yeah, like. Uh, yeah, I tell, familiar, I tell jokes. You look like familiar. Oh, no, I doubt you've seen me on television. You they don't say, They don't really put me on you TV know, too often. Elvis Jr. and all this, uh, Elvis Presley and uh, all this. I know them all the time. I go and talk to them in Las Vegas. Oh, when you, you used to I know them? I was a gambler, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, in my last life. <laughs> yeah, not this life. My last life. <laughs> oh, thank you. Gracias, Bert. I, I really appreciate. I gotta, I gotta sell this uh, cell phone case. Twenty bucks, yeah. dude. Do you want a brand new? So you know, um, I, I like go to uh, Goodwill to buy all those items, yeah. and I look for the signatures. And I go to Las Vegas. You know where they buy all the signatures for the famous? Yeah. Maybe I get. Uh, I have a signature from this guy. Uh, Make uh, this kind of uh, movies in New York about uh, 60 years ago. Yeah. I don't remember the movies, but he's a good, uh, well, don't, good yeah. guy. And, uh, maybe I bring it to <laughs> No, no, no. Don't, don't say anything else. Let's <laughs> talk before yeah, we get okay. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm looking oh, for this uh, Spencer oh, you, O'Neill you, you, tweet. Who's this guy? That's me. Oh, you look funny here. I look funny. <laughs> <laughs> you look serious. Dude. Now you look really funny here. This is the look you need, Oh, Bert. this guy is famous? Yeah, yeah he's oh. pretty famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I don't How long know. have you worked for Bert? Oh, 20 years. 20 years? <laughs> yeah, 20 years. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Uh, 20 years in this house. 25 years. Killing this house. This house. So yeah. he came with the house? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah Legitimately? Yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> You're just that nice of a guy that you didn't fucking fire him? <laughs> yeah, 20, 20, 25 years here. I know this house for 25 years. I'm Mr. Ras for 25 years. Who do you like better, the last guy or Bert? Oh, uh... I think, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I love how honest he is. Both are same, same, same. The same, that's yeah, such a same. lie. If, 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 here's the thing, you could, you could have just said Bert, but he had to say the same 
But it, I, same, that's same. so fucking funny. The, that uh, guy was a really nice man. He was like a hundred years, ninety-five. Ninety-five. Yeah, and he was very nice. Yeah, his uh, grandma. I think he, grandma. I think his mom and father give the house to him. Did you still? Do you still visit him? Yes. I know, but he visits his parents every week. So no, I try to. No, no, I don't know where his family lives. Yeah, no. yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. That's no, good. he already passed away, but I don't know where he's now. He should be the co-host of your podcast. You can come on anytime you come in. Just come in and talk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. For now on. Yeah. So thank you. It's a recurring like yeah, thing. That's great. Maybe I bring. Uh, I buy. You know, I have a beautiful uh, backslide this color. Yeah. Really, really old, but you know. Ninety dollars. Uh, no, 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 ninety. You know, I look inside because you know you never know what's inside. Yeah. And it's not open. Only have like two screws. When I was uh, buying for maybe three dollars on Goodwill. Yeah. I say, oh, maybe this is really nice box, and I put the box like this and sound something inside. And you know what is that? What? Uh, it's when you pass away, ashes. Ash? Yeah. Yeah, I keep it in my house. It's a really old lady, and I keep it in my house. Really? Yeah. Well, let, here, let me see the mic. Okay. What we can do is we'll do a segment where if you have something you want to sell, you can bring it here, and we'll sell it to the listeners. Yeah. If they're, And you can just, like, it's like QVC. You can show them on the camera what it looks like. That's amazing. And then we'll put it up there, and then you can sell it. Yeah, he's got a lot of fans. There's a lot of people that listen yeah. to this show, so you could you could just make it a thing. What's your name, Gabriel? Gabriel. Gabriel. Gabriel's. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel's. Saint. Saint Gabriel. You know, I'm a saint. <laughs> I don't believe that, Gabriel. You know, in Mexicans, all all the Mexicans have Gabriel. Uh, San Jose, Jose, Joe. Dan. I just watch you hustle my friend Bert out of sixty dollars. I don't think you're a saint. You know, That's not the way I would describe you. Mexicans are. Uh, <laughs> he just found that in the garbage outside and walked in and took sixty dollars out of your pocket. The, the, no, the Mexican, all the Mexicans have a um, saint. You know, like a Santo, Santo, Saint. Santo Judas. Yeah, Santo Judas. But uh, all the Mexicans are devils. Oh, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, like the Chapo, yeah. he killed uh, 50,000 people, is what they say. Really? In the Sp- English and Spanish news, they say he killed uh, 50,000 people. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. You, you go to Mexico and they put the back in the back, the uh, backpack in the back with the marijuana, you have to cross the border from Mex- Mexico to United States. Yeah. If, if you don't do it, they shoot you. Really? Yeah. We'll bring something next week and we'll put it on the podcast. Yeah, okay. Okay? Here, yeah. Thank you, Gabriel. Oh, okay. Thank you, Gabriel. I appreciate it. Okay. Here, shake, you guys shake hands. Okay. Thank, thank you, my brother. Gracias. Gracias, my friend. Gracias. Thank you very much. Aye. I get money to buy my, uh, my box you already got the money, Gabriel. We yeah. get it. My granddaughter? Yeah? Yeah. It's back now. It's back? She, she get like a hostages for one month and now I bring it back. H- hostages? Yeah. The lady... She don't let my my daughter, yeah. my daughter to come to visit my mom, her uh, mom, my uh, daughter, and uh, I say, oh, so I call the sheriff and we go to the sheriff and the sheriff tell, oh, take everything and go back house. Now it's, everything's good. Okay, good. Yeah. Nice. Because you know the police here is different than Mexico. Yeah. It's why Kate, you know, Katie, la, the. The girl with the chapo, she don't want to go in Mexico to the court in Mexico. She want to go in court right here. Yeah. Yeah, because the problem is uh, there and the problem is here. But she's going to make the movie for the uh, chapo. Okay? All right. Thanks, Gabriel. Gracias. 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 Okay, nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you, my friend. Nice
Gracias. Sí. Thank you. I hope so. Yep. I, no, 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 no. He lives in New York. <laughs> He's going to commute every day. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Gabriel. <laughs> what the fuck? That was awesome. That was. Let's see if I can just get a. That probably looks like it. Uh, let's shut that door. Bert. He's a fucking gem, dude. Fucking yeah. You know what's so funny? I've never talked to him once, like like on the <laughs> podcast. But it I went in, I go, I go, I'm I own eight sixty bucks. Leanne's like, what the fuck for? You're not buying that goddamn thing. <laughs> I go, you just did it on the podcast. I'm looking like an asshole if I'm like <laughs> fucking his granddaughter's a hostage. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and what if he starts a fucking Twitter war with me and El Chapo? <laughs> He's talking all this shit about El Chapo. Dude, that's fucking hilarious. It's dude. because of you. You know what? I'm being dead serious when I Why? say this. Uh because you have that kind of personality that likes to meet other people. So do I. Obnoxious? No, no, no. But but that like you, I, any other any other person. I swear to God. Yeah. It would have just been like, like hi, hey, you know. But you were like, hey, what's up? And you started to talk to him almost like you would on fucking like. It's like I think it's that New York personality. Like yeah. you're just like yeah, come on in. And you started talking to him, and he was a fucking gem. Yeah, he's on the podcast every Tuesday now. You literally should be here every fucking Tuesday. Every week with him. That's fucking brilliant. He's here every Tuesday. As soon as I podcast, he starts up. Yeah. He was here with Chris Titus. I should have been bringing him in this whole time. Yeah, that's it's a real missed opportunity. And now we're gonna bring uh we'll do uh we'll have him buy shit and he'll sell it on the podcast. And then you take a cut though, Bert. Don't let him fucking take keep all the money. You keep fifteen percent. Yeah. Well fuck. I'll put it on my eBay. I'll just buy it for him and turn it over. (laughs) Yeah, dude, but yeah, I think it's interesting you say that because uh yeah, the accessibility. I'm almost like training myself to be more accessible because you do the same thing. You're on Periscope. You answer the fans. You're yeah. very engaged with social media. And I think today you almost have to make yourself um, accessible. You have to – You know, I, the UFC was a great company. I watched what they did and it really inspired me. You know, yeah. I, I get really inspired by watching like – I'm, I'm fans of, of – Certain people and certain things beyond just like enjoying it aesthetically. Yeah. Like I love the UFC as a company. They're a really smart fucking company. And what they did a few years ago is they implemented all of these bonuses for their fighters um, for social media growth. So it'd be like a five thousand dollar bonus at the end of the year for percentage of growth. Whoever had the most percentage growth. Really? Creative tweets. You know, people were being funny, and they had a list of social media bonuses that they were given out because they wanted their guys to be accessible and to reach out and and to have. A relationship with the fans and i think today you almost need to do that you know this is like entertainment 2.0 where it's like you know back in the day if you wanted to if you want when legends of the fall came out if you wanted to tell brad pitt that he sucked in that movie you had to i wouldn't even know what you would have to do you'd have to fucking take a a tour of hollywood on a bus and you'd find yeah. out the address of some studio that was you know maybe the manager and write a letter and you'd write a letter. Write a letter. And that's it. It's yeah. gone. Just, I have no idea. Now you could literally be like, Brad Pitt, fuck you, you asshole. And yeah. he'll see it. You know he sees it. Sometimes he'll respond back, fuck you. That's crazy. Yeah. This is like the, the time we live in. So if, if people like Paris Hilton and all these super famous people are willing to engage with people through social media, who the fuck am I? So I, I always make myself – like if, if anybody writes me an email or a letter or a Facebook st- message or anything, I try to answer literally every single one of them. Yeah. Every single one of them. Until I can't. If one, there's going to be a day where I can't do it anymore, you know? And at that point, I guess I'll just, you all know, say I'll try to answer every one of them. But I think there's something important about it. was. I'll tell you a quick story. 
the one of the first comedy shows I ever went to, I saw Greg Rogel at the New York Comedy Club. Greg Rogel's a New York comic. Yeah, yeah, He's I know Greg. Forever. I know Greg. Murderer. Yeah. Murderer. Yeah, this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like, oh, shit, Isla. Motherfucker. Um, keep going. Sorry. I'm just making sure we're both in the shot. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, after the show at the New York Comedy Club, this before I started doing comedy, um, I had a joint and I went up to him and I was like, I was like, hey, dude, I got a joint. You want to smoke? He's like, yeah, I'll smoke a joint with you. And we'd smoke the joint together, me, him, and a buddy of mine. And. You know, look, in retrospect, I go, yeah, he was a fucking comic smoking some dude's weed. You know, yeah. lucky, it was his lucky day, really. Um, <laughs> it was definitely his lucky day. But in my mind, I was like, I was like, how cool was that? This guy who's been on HBO and Comedy Central, yeah. he's willing to take, a, you know, five minutes with me, shoot the shit, you know, smoke a joint with me. It just really, it always really stuck with me. Um that he was willing to kind of to take that time. And I watch other guys that, you know, they get done at a comedy club, they make a beeline for a cab or the subway, they don't talk to anybody, they don't shake anybody's hands. And I think that we have enough technology now that you can literally have like almost like um it's a mutually beneficial relationship. You know what I'm saying? I take as much from the audience as they take from me ultimately. We we can't I can't have a career without them. Yeah. So I really try to make myself accessible to them. That's interesting. I, 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 all I could think of in that when we were when we were saying that was like, I wonder if it had been, say, twenty years ago. Do you think Lindsay Lohan would have just skated by and they would have fixed it? That the net, the company, the studios would have just like covered up her tracks and be like, no, 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 she can make us some money. Like, and we would have never learned about what a like like her fucking coming undone yeah like because social media and the accessibility of the news and tmz really she was a kid that was was the first she's probably the first soldier to hit ground with that yeah like the first one right out of the boat that was like wait you can't do coke and steal someone's car anymore (laughs) (laughs) like fucking that will get out there yeah that's gonna get out there (laughs) the fuck man they've got do they have a computer chip in my tooth (laughs) like like, because like when brad pitt i bet brad pitt has some fucking real skeletons yeah you know but when when you said legend of the fall all i thought was yeah man they just they took care of him that's it. Like you had, there was like, no. There don't was, worry, Brad. We'll we'll take care of it. We'll clean it up. You had a. Few, you had a, It was very controlled. The amount like the amount of exposure you had when you went on TV. It was a few times a year. You know. You think about even like pro wrestling back in the day. Hulk Hogan. You would only only see him four times a year. You'd only yeah. see Hulk Hogan like you do an interview on like uh, you know uh, Saturday morning cartoons you'd once in a blue. Four times a year. You know you'd see Hogan like he'd come out at a pay per view, but that was it, dude. That's how big his celebrity was. He wasn't in our faces every single day. You know, God damn it, man! I never thought about it that way. Hulk Hogan, you'd only see him like b- best case scenario if you were a massive fan. Yeah, ten times a year. Oh, you have to be huge. You'd fan have to, to be see him obsessed with Hulk Hogan, <laughs> dude. And then he went to the fact that you saw him every single day. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all those little. And then he said, "Of course, he said nigger." <laughs> Are you kidding me? His best friend was named Bubba. He's <laughs> <laughs> okay. a, a sixty-year-old pro wrestler who lived through the eighties. Uh, in your mind, of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> By the way, is it is the clip of him saying the M word? Is that just that interview? Is it- no, 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 no. He said it in the same tape that he was fucking Bubba's wife. Really. He was talking about how his girl, his daughter, was dating a bunch of like rappers and basketball players or whatever, and that's how he said it. Holy um, shit! Yeah, so that's how he got caught. It was the, it was a, a one video fucked him twice. God damn it! Which I don't think that'll damage him. I I, I think he'll come back. They're, they're, yeah. I think they're already talking about bringing him back. Yeah, he's. I was I was out on a plane next to Ric Flair the other day. 
Oh yeah, I know. The whole time I was like, and I, I mean, I grew up in Florida. He was a big Florida wrestler, and uh, as soon as he sat down, I said, "Is it?" I, I thought, "Is it Bill Parcells?" Because I, I couldn't place it. And and what's interesting is that he was walking to on the plane right in front of me, and he is dressed very nicely, silent profiling. He was uh, he was in khakis, a uh, white button down, and a or like a a golf shirt and a blazer, and his and his chick was really hot. And I thought this guy's got money. I remember thinking that, like, I wonder what he does for a living. And uh, and he was limping really bad, like, yeah, really limping. And then he sat down, and he and I it was like six in the morning. I ordered a beer. He ordered a uh, Bloody Mary. And this is what tipped it off. He did a move I do all the time. I used like, to keep the change. Woo! No, he no. <laughs> like, That's Ric Flair. <laughs> That's for you, baby. Woo! <laughs> That was it. He keep the change, <laughs> styling and profile. <laughs> he uh, he did. I used to I used to upgrade my uh, directors, have them sit next to me, and then I'd say, "Listen, when she asks if you want a drink, you do, but you're getting it for me, so that I could have two drinks for takeoff." And she, but and but the thing is, what happens in that situation? You want to make sure you get the right drink. You don't want to have someone sit next to you like this girl Lonnie would always be like, "Oh, I'll get." Um, what champagne do you have? And I'm like, Lonnie, I'm fucking drinking it. I don't want champagne. I want a fucking. You want? I'll tell you what you want. You want a double vodka on the rocks? And he and, he, and Rick Flair did that to his chick. He goes, uh, I'll take a Bloody Mary, and she'll take a du- double Bloody Mary. And so he put it on her, yeah. and then and then I watched him sip hers, and then put it back in front of her. It was I did the I do the identical fucking thing. Yeah. Sip hers and put it back in front of her. She's tearing through hers. I've just barely touched mine. It's just an unnecessary shady thing. Yeah. The person you order, you could just go, oh yeah, she's gonna order one for it doesn't matter it's so funny how like it's like it's almost like a weird like you it's it's your almost weird way to like be naughty yeah i do the same thing we go to uh, there's a brunch place right next to my spot me and my my buddy dave smith always go there dave with with my kid it's so funny what one of the best political comics in new york but one of the best political comics in the country period that kid in two years everyone's gonna be like holy fucking shit yeah that guy is out of control so funny um but we always go to this brunch spot and uh like he does you know he, he doesn't drink at brunch like i'll usually drink um a bloody mary he'll usually get like an orange juice or like a you know soda or whatever yeah so i'll say dude you get a free drink with brunch so i'm like let me just order the soda and then you order me the bloody mary on yours at the end of the day the person doesn't actually really give a shit we yeah. could just do it but it's a whole <laughs> don't shady waste your setup. free drink on a fucking soda yeah exactly <laughs> That's really funny. It, yeah, it was really interesting because I was like, I immediately I was like, oh my god, it really kind of actually scared me. Uh, for in all honesty, because I, my cardiologist had told me, um, uh, you're having a good time, you're partying, have, that's great, but it needs to stop. It needs to stop drastically because you do not want to be 66 years old living this lifestyle. I promise you, I have clients that I have uh, patients that are doing that, and I have one very famous patient. Who is who's you? He's a big drinker, big partier, and his never, name was Lemmy. And I, I God wanted, rest his soul. I wanted to know his name so bad, yeah. and he can't tell me. But then I saw Ric Flair, who's probably sixty six, drinking like that, and I went and I saw and I saw him limping on the plane. Yeah, I saw him limping off. I saw him like step sit up. He passed out and he slept like a fucking dead man, like really slept like a dead man. Like, yeah. And I was like, oh fuck! And literally, I went to myself. Okay, Bert. Uh, all right, now we know what we're doing. 
we're, I know we're at. But then, of course, I drank a bottle of wine last night. I'm with you. I, I just stopped drinking like three weeks ago. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just for good, good, or just I think for... so. I I don't really like drinking that much. I like I like drinking. Yeah. I like I like the act of drinking with my friends. I do too. Being drunk in itself. Usually, I'll just go to sleep. I, whenever I'm at a point where I'm like slurring and saying, "You've seen me. <laughs> You've yeah. seen me a couple times now." <laughs> where I'm fucking hammered. I usually get self-conscious and embarrassed. So I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to make an ass out of myself in front of some people in the industry, or I'm going to say something really offensive or stupid in front of somebody that doesn't get who I am or the type of humor that I have. And I usually just kind of shut down, and I become very antisocial. So, yeah, dude, I've been... The other thing is, and you know, dude, when you're in the comedy clubs, you're drinking every single night. For the most part, we drink for free. You know, you tip out 20 bucks at the end of the night, and you're fucking just getting loaded. Yeah. Um, and I drink whiskey, so I'm drinking every single night. New York City, you do comedy seven nights a week, sometimes two, three, four, five, six shows a night, depending on the night of the week. Yeah, seven nights a week, I'm drinking at least five or six cups of whiskey. And at one point, I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I don't even like it. I know that I'm killing myself. I got a, I got a, I got a three year old kid who I think the world of. It's like, what's the point? I smoke weed every day. I think that's enough. You know, you know if I think if I could smoke weed every day, I'd be more apt to to not drink. Um, but I I get very self conscious when I smoke weed. Oh, okay, so, like, yeah. so like I get start going. I start going. Does everyone realize that I don't belong here? That I'm just a fucking that I'm like. I remember I had to read uh, – Pat Buckles had to read my Comedy Central uh, premium blend set back to me. And when she read it back to me, it wasn't funny. And I had – it fucked my brain up for <laughs> – like she just read it. Like she's like, my name's Bert. I know what you're thinking. Hot sexy name, Bert. So Bert, it says Bert. act out, take shirt off. Yeah. I don't really understand how – it really, doesn't translate on paper. Yeah. I, so, so yeah. So, so you're, you're doing the whole set. Like I mean it's just someone can dissect the way you perform for me – and it turns into it just isn't funny. Like, yeah. so you take your shirt off, and I go, yeah, well, and okay, and, and then uh, so you're listening to Black <laughs> Betty for the first forty five seconds of your set. <laughs> so everyone's listening to music together. And then, uh, dude, uh, your set on paper doesn't look good. <laughs> and, then, and then you grab the mic and you say, "I need to clean up my life." <laughs> okay, all right. Now I agree with it, but I just don't understand. What is this? So what, is there a punchline here? And you're like, no. So you got involved with the Russian mafia and you always talk for twelve minutes. That okay, great. And okay. so like, I, but I, I literally I I always say to myself like I like I watch great comics do fucking material and I'm like fuck yeah like and so but you know I mean my stand up is what it is you know and I've been yeah, doing but it for, long first of all you you are a great comic with great material but I think first and foremost you're fucking really funny you're like a funny guy first right and it's like a bobby kelly thing it's like a yeah. really really fucking funny guy bobby kelly was the funniest guy at a sixth grade lunch table period you know yes. what i'm saying yes. i was the funniest guy at my sixth grade lunch table i was period. the funniest guy Without at, a doubt. at my ninth grade lunch table and i continued that ninth tenth eleventh twelfth in college i was the funniest guy in my fraternity yep. and i lit- and and i I remember I dated a chick that told me uh, – I told her I wanted to be a stand-up. Like after I went to Europe, I came back and we were laying in bed before the Miami game. And I was like, I think I know what I want to do. And yeah. she was like, oh, my God. And she was an actress. She was a uh, she was an actress. She goes – I go, I'm going to – I want to be a comedian. And she was like, oh, oh, honey, you're not like smart funny. You're like <laughs> dumb funny. And that fucking – and then Pat Buckles reading my <laughs> set to me. I was like, motherfucker. 
I'm fucking. And then every time I write like a smart joke, I always feel like it just stands out in my set. Like I have no idea. Like, I, like it's like Todd Perry tearing his shirt off in the middle of his set. You're like, oh yeah, all right, yeah. You remember when he Todd was great? But you remember when he took his shirt off? Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Very untod like. Todd Perry taking his shirt off. <laughs> yeah, but that thing. I think there's a lot of comics, and I, I'd say at this point, the I, back when I started, I would say half the comics. But now the majority of comics, because of social media, because there's no barrier to, to entry in this business, because anyone could create a YouTube video, anybody can go up on an open mic. I think most comics are smart and not very funny i don't know how often i speak to comics in life even in new york which is supposed to be the fucking be all end all of the funniest people on the planet where they're making me laugh in life you know what i'm saying yeah. they're they understand how to write a joke and i think anybody with a brain can figure out the formula of you know what setup and punches and what misdirection is um but that actual that like that funniness where people go dude you should be a comic you know what i'm saying nobody said i say most of the comics when they were kids they weren't they were they might have been smart and quiet or whatever it is, but nobody was going up to them and be like, dude, you should, you're so fucking funny. You should make this your life. And that's something that I know you heard throughout your whole entire yeah. life. And I wish, I think that most of the comics that I appreciate and respect and love and I think are, are really funny, they've heard that. And that's just, I've always kind of gravitated toward the really funny person and then how good they construct a joke second. You know? Yeah. I was, I, I remember watching when I first started just sitting at the Boston Comedy Club and watching stand up and then thinking uh like my buddy eddie came up one time and we were watching everyone and the only person he thought he'd want to hang out with was bobby kelly yeah he was like i don't want to fucking hang out with any of these fucking people it's, fucking, it's, a, it's a president we, we 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 vote for who we want to have a beer with right yeah that's life that's right there that thing is everything in every that, that industry thing, that period casting as well casting is like is you want to watch no one wants to watch someone on tv like that they don't fucking relate to yeah i mean maybe i take that back i mean but but even still like look at donald don don draper at, the reason that character that character was likable despite the fact that he fucked everything drank everything and was a horrible human being yeah. you still thought i wouldn't mind being on a dinner table with him yeah he'd be fun as fuck pull out his big ass dick yes fucking <laughs> guy's got a monster cock yeah apparently. i saw that picture unbelievable yeah unbelievable <laughs> you, you know what is interesting about you that i that i find um that was one of the things that I kind of like secretly cheered to myself. We were at Montreal t yeah, last year. Yeah. Last, last summer. Year. Yeah. Last summer. And, uh, someone I'm sitting someone and someone said, Oh, uh, do you know Lewis? And I was like, yeah, of course. And they're like, Oh, did you see a set this year? And I said, no. And they're like, Oh, he's, did you know he's on the top 10 comics to watch for or something? Was that it? Yeah. yeah something like that. Like, uh, I want to stand out, performances yeah and yeah. i and i went and i got excited i got excited for one reason and one reason only i every time you hear that statement it is always some comic who you're like how the fuck did they get that yeah. like and then you realize oh their publicist found out there was going to be a list and reached out to the net the to maxim and said hey if you're looking at the hot list of comics this year you should can i send them your cd and then they just were like well you know what and you feel like it you were grifted in that yeah you're the only person that i've ever heard in those lists where i was like oh i know that guy and i know he's fucking funny yeah and i was like and he didn't have a publicist get him on that no. list <laughs> no i didn't at all in fact i didn't even have that great of a set to be honest like i i had okay sets at montreal yeah i think that i was 
was just very different from everybody else. I was older than everybody else. I've been doing it a lot longer than everybody else. And I think that that kind of made me stand out. I really like what they wrote in that uh, little write-up. And it was, um, they said, like a gritty old-school New York set or something like that. And I was just like, yeah, dude. They f- somebody got it. Yeah. Somebody got a little more what I do. Because the guys that I o- always liked, it was never... We just never the guys that were getting these huge TV shows. I, I quote, I, I mean, like, I understand people make fun of Rich Voss all the time. I yeah. quote Rich, Rich Voss. Voss is, Voss is fucking unbelievable. I dude. quote him to uh, to people that have, like, the fucking joke he has about sitting Indian style. It's such an old, old joke. What's he, the joke? I don't know. Oh, I mean, <laughs> this great. is so old. This is probably a 17-year-old joke. Yeah. He goes, uh, uh, now you can't say sitting Indian style. You got to say crisscross applesauce. <laughs> when I was a kid, the teacher told me to sit Indian style. I got drunk and laid in the curb. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking, I, I, I quote Rich Voss. Anytime someone says That's it's a fucking Chris, great joke. But he's, he's just, and by the way, and I, I'll say this without a doubt, one of the sweetest dudes yeah. alive. I mean, just one of those guys that I that I could like Bobby. I could call up yeah. and I could just be like, and th- that style of comedy is. I feel like it's it's nuanced in that like people you, you forget that, that 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 that's funny also. Yeah, that, you know, like you go to Montreal. And that's you see, so. That's by the way. That's fucking. Here's the thing, right? It's funny first. It's just a fu- like just funny first, and then it's also a really well constructed joke. I don't want to see this. Is what I don't want to see. I don't want to see people fucking just emulating Voss and Bobby and 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 Corielli and all these guys that are New York guys. Yeah. Because they think that's how to be funny. The same way I don't want to see people emulating Eric Andre. Like yeah. when I watch Eric Andre, I watch him and I get excited because he's doing him. Yeah. That is him doing him. That's another him. guy I met really – I think I gave him his first spot in New York before I started doing comedy. He is such – I met him through like a girl that we just knew, like a mutual friend. He just moved from Florida like days yeah. uh, before and he was really funny. Always really funny. He just – and he's different. And yeah. I don't want to see someone copy him. Yeah. He's doing his own fucking thing, man. Ari and I hung out with him. At Montreal at the airport, yeah, and just fucking bullshitted. And man, that guy—he's uh, one of those guys. There's a handful of guys that I've run into that are younger than I am. That I go, oh, that's someone I would have hung out with a lot if we'd yeah. been the same age. Yeah, like he's- Brent Morin, very funny, fucking undateable with uh, with yeah. He's, he, he was just in. Uh, I do a call and sick to work tour where I go to clubs at noon. I do radio. I drink on radio. Oh, cool. And then I go in. Everyone calls in sick to work. We go to the club at noon. That's great, We dude. do a show, and then we all go out and party and afterwards. a lot of people do it? Uh, it's sold out everywhere it's ever been. What? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. fucking dope, dude. Well, That's I think a great it's sold idea. Out, it's sold out mostly because of, well, the test will be uh, Columbus on St. Patty's Day. That's I'm, great, I'm doing dude. Columbus on St. Patty's Day, and that club's like 450 so I doubt it'll sell out 450 But St. Patty's Day, it's just, it's it's different, you know? It's like a different way to it's a different way to repackage you know yeah i think it's great that's a great idea yeah see i not enough people are creative people aren't creative with how we're like like obviously we're supposed to be funny but whatever vehicle we bring the funny in you know what i'm saying like you could just have fun with that as well it doesn't need to be like uh, you know i started really thinking about like ways to shoot my hour and this is gonna sound really silly but i haven't performed with a shirt on in probably maybe five years three years five years like legit like i've done like showcase stuff where i you know it's where i'm doing seven minutes and i'm like i'm I'm not gonna rip my shirt off for seven minutes the reason i take my shirt off is for an hour i start getting sweat stains and i look like i'm fucking not doing well yeah and it made it fucked with my head and so i just took it off and then there's i sweat but who gives a fuck yeah yeah. you see a bare chest and so um 
someone said, you're not going to do your hour special with your shirt off, are you? And I was like, and I got self-conscious of it. And as soon as I got self-conscious, I was like, I can't do it with my fucking shirt on. Yeah. I can't do it. Because all I remember is that my first hour special in 2009, me, Chris Titus, Bill Burr, and uh, Pete Corielli all wore the exact same outfits. Hilarious. Black shirts, jeans, black <laughs> shoes. The identical outfits. Yeah. I mean, you could have mixed up any of our specials were fucking similar. Uh, I mean, but... So I don't know. I don't know where I was going on this. We we're talking about Voss, but yeah, that's you were saying. What a nice guy. People, that's another guy. Like I think New York comics get this like um, reputation for just being kind of dicks. If you're at a table with Rich Voss and you say something stupid, he's going to tell you you said something stupid, and it's yeah. going to be hilarious to everybody around you. Yeah. And if you're funny, you will think it's funny too. Yeah. The only people who don't like that type of ball bussiness are people who aren't funny first and they get self-conscious and then they go like, oh, this guy's being a fucking dick to me. Voss is literally one of the sweetest people in New York. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the nicest guys in comedy. If you want to ask his advice as a young comic, he is so willing to like lend you his ear and give you his advice. He's just that guy. And I think it's just a... It's really just a misconception. Bobby Kelly, too. It's like people think like he's this mean dick. You're like, Bobby Kelly's the sweetest person and the most generous person I've ever met in my entire life. And he's smart. Period. He's smart. Really I think smart. people look at Bobby and they think, you know, because he's from Boston and he's got this like ball breaking attitude that like he's not an, a super intelligent person. Yeah. He is super. I had fucking beef with someone one time and I got fucking really upset. And and Bobby's like, fu- dude, I love beef. Bring yeah. it over. <laughs> dude, you got beef? Do you have any potato wedges? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, I called Bobby. I was in, I was in Dayton, and I was get. I remember being on, getting on the interstate, and I called Bobby, and I was like, "Man, I'm fucking done. I think I'm ready to blow it up. I'm gonna fucking, I'm just gonna flamethrow this thing." And Bobby was like, "Dude, I'll tell you something. <laughs> fucking, two crazy people are shouting at each other on the street. You don't know who's fucking crazy. Yeah. If one person crazy just shouting out to nobody, you know that person's crazy. That's a good point. Don't Great fucking advice. let them shout." Don't fucking get involved in it. Who universe. was it? Can you talk about who the beef was with? No. Everyone knows. I want to know. Well, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Can you mouth it to me? <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Leanne. Leanne. Come on in for two seconds. Lewis, give me one second. Leanne, is there anything you'd like to share with us? I would like to remind everybody that you can start your free trial website today at squarespace.com. The sites look professionally designed regardless of your skill level like I could do it. It's so easy to design through their through their site. So if you decide to sign up with, with Squarespace, you make sure you use the offer code BERTCAST to get 10% off your first purchase. And you get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Fantastic. I know. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Build it beautiful. All right. B- build it beautiful. <laughs> Bye, beautiful. Bye, I love, beautiful. I love you. Bye. All right. Uh, you were saying, Lewis, or, or rather, I was saying. I mean, you said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, it's not like you got a fucking noise gate on these things. <laughs> oh God, uh, it's yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but that was a uh, that was fucking interesting. This has been one of the best podcasts I've done in a very long fucking time. Oh, thanks, dude. I literally. What's, what's your schedule look like today? I uh, got therapy in fifteen minutes. I got. Uh, I got nothing going on. I got. Uh, what did you come out to LA for? You just to hang? Yeah, I got a couple shows, and then uh, I, you know, I do that serious XM show with Michael Bisping, yeah. UFC fighter. Yeah. So uh, we're doing a live one. I'm going to the open uh, open workouts. We're going to do a, a live show from there. Oh, really? UFC is filming some stuff. So and then I got. Um, 
I think I have a couple meetings. I just wrote a cartoon. Um, I, I wrote a couple cartoons, but the one that we're trying to get some eyes on right now, it's called the Alliance of really, really good people. And, uh, yeah, it's basically, it's so stupid. We wrote, we wrote it like two years ago and I just sat on it and I, I met up with this animator who I pitched it to and he was like, yeah, dude, I'll fucking, I'll make that for you. Oh, nice. And it, dude, it's so stupid. It's, um, it's about a team of superheroes led by Hitler <laughs> and, uh, it's George, George Zimmerman, Osama bin Laden, OJ Simpson, Charles Manson and Justin Bieber. Yeah. And basically all of their crimes against humanity can be explained with them actually saving the world. They're, they're good guys, you know? Yeah. So uh, the casting, we got, uh, Rick Shapiro as Charles Manson. Oh, fucking love it, Rick. Yeah. He's so fucking funny. Uh, Big J as, uh, George Zimmerman, Dante Nero as OJ Simpson. Soder kills it as, uh, Osama bin Laden and Hitler. So, and so, I mean, Soder is maybe the most talented voice actor I've ever met in my life. He's phenomenal, dude. It's so funny. Every time I hear his name, I think of Bobby Cullen, call, Bobby Cullen calling him Monster Voice. Yeah, Monster Voice, Dan Soder. He's, <laughs> dude, he's great, dude. He's really talented. So if, if you guys, if you guys, uh, want to laugh, it's, it's a rough cut. The, the audio is a little bit off, but, um, it's really funny. I just want to get a few thousand views on it and then pitch it and see if we can get some interest because, just the idea of a, a superhero, a team of superheroes led by Hitler, isn't too uh, sellable by yeah, itself. Yeah, no, I can see where that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah. Also, uh, the the bad guys are just Jewish people. They're aliens. Jews are aliens. So yeah, look, it's probably not going to get sold. In fact, don't go watch it. It's probably better that you don't watch it. <laughs> what? Uh, what? How long are you out here for? I'm out here till Saturday. I'll be out here till Saturday. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Doing some stand up. Doing some stand up this week. What are you doing Friday night? Nothing. Like I literally, that's the only night I got nothing going on. Oh, you want to come out and do a set at the yes. ice house already? Yes. Okay, good. We got two shows out there. Fucking a, I'm in. Awesome, perfect. I'll send uh, an email. I, f- I should probably post this before that show. Yeah, I'll post this this week. Fuck this yeah, is a fuck. I'll post it. Uh, I posted Corolla last night. I'll post this one. How many do you do a week? I try to do two a week. Yeah, fuck but yeah. just because ads. I never did sponsorships, and then um, Bill Burr and Al Madrigal were like, "I think you're wrong." This is why, and it was, and I was seemed like a lot of money to leave on the table. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, what am I not doing sponsors for? Yeah, and then fucking Sherry's Berries is not in this one, but it's Thanksgiving coming up, and they just <laughs> sent or not or Valentine's Day. That's why I didn't do sponsors. This one's probably a Squarespace uh, ad. Yeah. Um, Squarespace, you can build your own fucking. But it's you know it's it's like I'll tell you, the Sherry's Berries sent over fucking berries. My kids fucking loved them. Oh yeah, they loved them, and I was yeah. like, yeah, what, what, what am I? Like, what is Sherry's berries? Oh, it's these chocolate covered berries. They take the stems out too, so they're just dipped in chocolate. And it's actual berries, like it's real actual berries. Strawberries. And you just wolf them down, and it's for Valentine's Day. You can get them to your chick. That's great. It's like, I want to say it's like 20 bucks for a dozen. And if you buy the second dozen, I'm, by the way, they did not sponsor on this ad, but this is the setup. This is how good Sherry's berries are that we don't even need the sponsorship yeah. money. I did it for the podcast I released last night. My kids ate them, and. But the kids fucking loved them, and so now I'm ordering more Sherry's Berries for everyone for Valentine's Day. Yeah. And you get a second uh, – I'll just say the sponsorship in case you're now interested. You get a second box for 10 bucks, I think. So you get half off on the second box. So you can get 24 for the price of uh, whatever. And anyway, and just use the promo cat, uh, code BC. Click the mic on Sherry's. It's at berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Like I said, they're not sponsoring this episode, but it's a pretty good fucking product. And Sweet. I talked to Kroll about it, and he's like, yeah, if I like the fucking thing, I'll definitely throw my name behind it and be yeah. like, hey, everyone check this out. Um, but yeah, so, all right, cool, so Friday night. And then what, what are you doing the rest of the week? Uh, it's got some, uh, what, tonight I'm at the at Flappers in Burbank. Oh, 
Fucking great club. Yeah, yeah, I've done it a couple times. Oh, great yeah, club. Yeah. Cool club, always busy. And then tomorrow I'm doing that Venice Underground show, which is a great show. What's that? Um, Bronson Jones' show. I don't know. Great show, dude. That's like, it's like notoriously a great LA show that feels very New York. Low ceilings, oh, basement wow. room. Where's it, it in Venice? Venice, yeah. Dude, killer. It's always packed out. 200 people every time. Oh, my God. Please tell them to give me a call. I don't 100%. Know yeah, dude, that's great. Yeah, but I'd love to do that fucking That's room. a killer fucking room. And then Thursday, I'll be at the store. And now Friday, the Ice House. Yeah. Uh, Thursday at the store. Um, I'm there at the store tonight uh, doing this new material show that Jeremiah puts on. Okay. So you got to go up with no material. So I kind of dig that. So yeah. I'm like, what am I doing sets in the city for? Like, I don't really want to. I'm doing hours every fucking week. I'm working every single fucking week. I don't want to hear myself repeat something that I know works. Yeah. But then you find Flappers. It's got the Yoo-Hoo room. Uh, that it's small, intimate, and I can take a new story that I'm working on and try to break it down in there. Yeah. And uh, that's and- a good thing about comedy now is like there's a lot of that. Like obviously, Big J is what your fucking deal. I, I just did that storytelling show for NBC CISO, um, and then they, it, I guess it was in LA that um, stand up on the spot. There's a lot of these like in the moment improv type shows. Paul Preventa's, Paul Preventa's set list. Yeah, and you and you go up and you don't feel like you have to murder, but then you really see the guys who separate themselves in the back because they murder. Like oh, like <laughs> like that crowd work thing we did for Jay. Yeah. Uh I w- I was like I was like I'm pretty good with crowd work but until I have to do it. And then yeah. I'm like I'm like oh, I'm not the fucking best. And it's they- so funny you don't realize how how much you the having I hate to use the word crutch cuz it's a negative word but having the material in your pocket. So if it's, you have a weird moment, all right dude, I got a quick joke I could just boom go to and and bring them right back in. Yeah. When you don't have that, how naked you feel. I literally was like I I was fucking I had a pretty good set only because I brought a girl up on stage who showed me Showed me a video of her eating a girl out. <laughs> so I'm dying to see that. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like, I, and then I watched Jay do crowd work, and I was like, oh, that's fucking effortless. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, man, I'm better. I better never open my mouth about I'm good at crowd work again because I oh I can only get by. <laughs> yeah, but fuck that cocksucker. He made a show where he just looks great in front of everybody. <laughs> it's like me going, hey guys, shirtless comedy, Burt Kreiser. <laughs> we take our shirts off, and then we do stand up with our shirts off. And, and first up, Bonnie McFarland. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's all hot chicks. Yeah, it's all hot chicks. That's not a bad fucking idea. It's a great shit. Yeah. You, don't, you just don't tell them, like, dude, we're going to do, it's all shirtless comedy, which they have that in New York, by the way, the naked comedy. Oh, really? Um, which which I'm, I'm putting together my own, uh, it's a mock comedy festival called Skank Fest, Legion of Skanks Presents. Yeah. It's a two-day-long comedy festival from noon to 2 a.m. at the Creek in the Cave on a Saturday and Sunday. We're waiting for a date, but the only show that we definitely have on board, we're combining New York's two hottest shows, which is the Naked Show and the Roast Battle. So we're doing a naked roast battle oh, at Skankfest. Yeah, it's going to be out of control. Up. Yeah, it's going to be really stupid. Uh, how often do you guys do Legion of Skanks? Twice a week, 9 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time on anthonykumia.com. You can get it for free on iTunes. We do. We release one of the episodes for free on iTunes and on YouTube every week. So you guys can just search us on iTunes and YouTube. Just two, two, any two nights a week or just? No, we do uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays and Wednesdays? Yeah, 9 o'clock. That's fucking great. It's and live. you guys shoot at the studio? We do one at the studio and then we do one at the Creek in the Cave, which you, motherfucker, you got to come next time you're in New York. We would literally just work around your schedule. And you believe me, the fans have been clamoring enough for you. If you came on, people would show up at four o'clock in the afternoon. It wouldn't matter. So. I fucking, I'd love to do, I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to take a trip out to New York that isn't for uh, Travel Channel yeah. and just do stand up stuff. Just come, dude, come out and, and do that and. Yeah, people love you on the show. We had Tony Hinchcliffe on last week, and he fucking murdered yeah. people. Have you him. have you done his Kill Tony? I was, they, he invited me last night, but I, I couldn't get there on time. I, I landed at like eight fifteen. It, Kill Tony is a great fucking live yeah. podcast. Yeah, I heard it is fun as I did it with Segura. I think I did. I've done it a couple times. Um, Side note, dude, Tom Segura's new special on Netflix is out of control. Yeah, 
he's, so funny. He's uh, he, it really is funny. He, really I mean, funny. I saw I saw him I saw him do Conan the other day, yeah. and he told a story about meeting Mike Tyson, and it was I was I wanted to text him. I actually did text him and say, "Hey, man, you figured out you figured out something that I couldn't figure out." He told a story that was slow and building to the point where, you, and I was like, and it was confident. Like yeah. he didn't, he let the silence be silence and he didn't need the laugh and he fucking got it to the point where it got, it earned the laugh. And I was yeah. like, I was like, man, if I was doing Conan I, and I was telling any story, I'd be all over the couch. And then the bear came up and he's like, oh, marshmallow, marshmallow. Like, <laughs> like I would just be fucking hand boning it as hard as I could. So afraid of silence. That, oh. I used to be afraid of silence on radio too and in podcasting until I listened to uh, Ron Bennington. Ron Bennington knows how to drop the mic. That motherfucker's the, the best. best. The best. The funniest, the funniest guy in radio, period. And just understands pacing of a show you know i used to when i used to come on podcasts and radio it was just oh how do i fill the space how do i fill the time how do i, I make still sure do that yeah it, it, you, you just sit back sometimes so i you know, was, so i thought it was great when you got up and you left him it was oh. just it was it was a great moment where you go like no, no no not everything has to be so you know set and 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 you know a specific order it's like you can just kind of let it all happen and i'll the tell you what stuff though will happen. i'll tell you what though i got i got uh i got fucked up on the podcasting xm vibe meaning like you go do those shows and you do sit back like you do rogan and you just fucking chill and you just have a conversation and like this is a fucking i don't think either of us could be mistaken for doing radio today yeah but but i did notice that i got so into that vibe that i'd go into radio and i'd be boring Right, because radio, terrestrial radio, is a little bit like let's fucking do it. Well, they're expect, especially if they're bringing in a comic to promote his shows. Yeah, they have a formula. It's really just not the same medium, you right. know. Even like with radio, like I host a radio show on SiriusXM. You know, I it's so easy compared to podcasting. I mean, I literally I got to go for fifteen twenty minutes, go to break, reset, come to a new topic. Yeah, to talk about a topic for fifteen minutes. It's nothing. To talk about a topic for two and a half, three hours and have it flow seamlessly, in my opinion, that's a, a much harder thing. But when you come on as a stand-up on radio, it is just your job to kind of create punchlines. It's not really, you know, once again, we talk about comics that have, like, their their agenda. It's like, no, 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 our agenda, when you come to a radio show, it's like, be funny for this 15-minute segment. Just make everybody laugh and then get people to come out to the comedy club. Yeah. So they don't really want you to be interesting. It's yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting you say that because I found like like this, uh, and I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna be very honest. This podcast right now is without a doubt probably the best podcast I've done. Maybe maybe I've ever been a part of that. I've like just laughing and and be it being genuine and it being one seamless conversation that got obscure and, and odd when he came in yeah. and, <laughs> and we talked about real things and. I, this is probably the favorite, and I'm not even fucking saying oh, this. Thanks, dude. The favorite podcast I've done. I've done, I mean, like, Titus was one of the most uh, inspirational. I just sat and listened to him. Yeah. I was like, man, this guy's fucking smart as fuck. I, with Crowley yesterday, I, that's probably the proudest pod. Him and Bill Burr are the proudest podcast I've ever done because I feel like it was a good conversation that I didn't deserve to be a part of. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. like I literally went into interview Crowley, and I was like, how do I – why would he want to talk to me? Right. How do I make him want to talk to me? Like I didn't. Feel it's like so funny. I, like the you, you, you. I mean, you know, you're a really fucking respected big comic, right? Yeah, I'm also a fucking mess. <laughs> from for, but from my perspective, I don't think that you shouldn't be sitting at a couch with Bill Barr having a conversation on a podcast. I understand that Bill Barr is everyone's favorite comic. Yeah, but 
in the grand scheme of things, you guys are just peers. Me and Bill definitely. Like Bill, I, I've gotten to the place now where I'm like, I don't. I'd rather spend valuable time with Bill and hang out in my yeah. backyard and smoke a cigar and talk about life so that I can figure things out or talk about the way the business is working or or routing or whatever fucking helicopters. Yeah. Then do a podcast with him only because when I do a podcast, I feel like I, it, it with someone like Bill, it's work to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know like. You and Joe and Ari, I can do a podcast with oh, Joe and Ari and and Joey. Man, maybe sometimes Joey, I, I split the difference because you do a podcast with Joey. Do you know Joey Diaz? I don't. I don't know him personally now. Oh, he's really funny. You got, really, I've I, heard him on a. I've watched his a couple of his Periscopes and I've I've listened to his podcast and I've listened to him on Rogan's. He's the best, dude. Yeah, he's, he's the best. Great stories. You should do his podcast this week. Yeah, I would love to. I'll reach out to him. Oh, please, that'd be yeah, great. He, he's the best. Um, but like Joey, even still, you do a podcast with Joey and Joey get fucking. I just sit and listen. I don't. I really don't do a thing. <laughs> I literally sit and listen. Right. And and uh, but but I I have more meaningful times with Joey. Um, when it's just me and him doing something. Yeah. Like going to get coffee. They're like those are more important to me than podcasting. Yeah. You know, it's it's really interesting. But this is, I'm uh, I'm this is a, a very seldomly in my like I'm really excited to release this podcast. Oh, cool! Thanks, like, dude. I fucking I laughed probably. This will I know what I want to put in the vlog. Hell yeah, like, dude. Oh, it's fucking great, man. That's great, dude. Well, thanks for having me on, man. This is it's tell great. everyone everything you got. You've got Legion of Skanks. You've got the XM show. You've got what is everything? All right, so Legion of Skanks Tuesdays and Wednesdays, nine p.m. AnthonyCumia.com. The Countdown, Sirius XM, Rush ninety three, six p.m. Eastern uh, every single week. That's three p.m. here on the the West Coast with Michael Bisping, who's currently fighting Anderson Silva. This is my radio, my radio mode uh, <laughs> on February twenty seventh. So you guys should tune into that as well. And then also my other podcast, which is like my. Uh, it's almost my, my little passion project because I think on Legion, it's very specifically like we're getting drunk and fucked up and being crazy. And then and Countdown is very specifically about MMA. If you want a little bit more of, I think, my perspective and my worldview, kind of what we're doing here, yeah. I do a show called The Real Ass Podcast, which is just – it's fucking great. I, I love the show. The guys that I have on it are really funny. Chris Tinkle, Zach Amico, Chris Scopo, they're great young comics that are just doing – I mean, Tinkle's, not, Tinkle's been doing it longer than me. He's a, he's a fucking really – funny guy from San Fran that moved to, to New York a little while ago, but that show's really good as well. And, uh, yeah, just look out for my stand updates at GomezComedy.com. And you can find him on Periscope. That's where I, yeah. I love watching your Periscopes. Have you watched any of my sleep scopes? No. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Maybe my favorite one was you and Rob. Rob Mayhew, yeah. Oh, that was the fucking... Uh, dude. But it was way I... It was, here's the thing. Half the shit that I do is making fun of myself. Like... Yeah. Like, yes, I know it's ridiculous to periscope myself sleeping. People are like, are you an idiot, dude? You're periscoping yourself sleeping. Are you fucking dumb? Somebody on the, I watch it back, right? And it's just me sleeping for hours, yeah. right? Yeah. So somebody is in there. They're going, dude, Lewis just isn't funny. He's a fucking idiot, dude. Who periscopes himself sleeping? I'm like, moron, you're watching me sleep, commenting, saying I'm not funny. Do you see how funny that is in itself? It's just hilarious. <laughs> so I did a sleep. I'm doing it. I, I periscope all the time, whatever. I'll just be walking to the train walking my dog whatever i was like i'm gonna do a guest on my sleep scope and then rob mayu who's a comic from uh from canada who's really funny as well uh, i was like dude be the guest sleep in bed with me so we just slept we got naked we got in the same bed and just turned the periscope on and fell asleep and i was really afraid that like you know in the middle of the night like if you're ever hanging out with your wife you maybe just get a little little frisky in the middle of the night i was afraid i was gonna be like in half dreaming and then dream rape rob mayu 
and just start pounding him out on Periscope, and that shit will never disappear. That will never disappear. Oh, what's funny is you, I deleted that one right away because when I was getting in the bed, I was naked. I kicked my legs out, and apparently my dick and balls yes. showed to the camera. Yeah. And you said it. You're like, dude, I'm pretty sure I just saw your dick and balls. <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't say anything. I just went, click. And then I went and I deleted it. Because I knew if I said, oh, shit, I got to delete that, some fucking asshole would oh, grab it immediately. Immediately. I have no idea how they get it, but they can pull Periscope videos like that. Dude, I I tried to Periscope myself showering one time, but I turned it on without knowing it was on. <laughs> and I fucking totally showed my dick and balls. And I was like, and I was like, and but it what's, what's really interesting about it is you see me talking to myself. Getting ready to start periscoping. Yeah. Like, I'm literally like, hey, you guys watching my hair? And I'm like, is this fucking recording? And I and I hit it, and I played it, and you totally see it. And I was like, nip, delete. And this is like the very beginning of periscope. Yeah, people didn't very know. Very beginning. Yeah, you can't do it. Something like that now, you probably have 30 seconds before somebody takes it. Yeah. What are you? Uh, what show are you doing tonight? Let's all see if we can hang out tonight after the yeah. show. So I think we're done. I'm going like- to come back to the store. I'm going to uh, try to make it to the Roast Battle, because I host the, uh, the Roast Masters in New York, which is the New York version of Roast Battle the store yeah so uh i host it every single week is that at the store tonight yeah it's at the store oh, Tuesdays at midnight yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna be... pop in oh midnight might be late for me fuck yeah. well, I, got, I got flappers at 10 so the, the earliest i'll be able to get back is like midnight yeah all right maybe i'll you know what it's probably better for me not to hang out at the store because i'll just get fucking hammered and but uh yeah all right i think ari's up there joe's up there tonight cool uh yeah all right awesome man uh enjoy the rest of your stay in la i'll see you friday good bird awesome. man This episode was brought to you by The Machine.